What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 106 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryan, presented by the Variety Sports Network. Very happy to be affiliated with that. Uh, be sure to follow Variety Sports at Variety underscore sports underscore on all of their social medias. Uh, follow our social media at FEOTB Pod. If you're following us, then you know we are hosting a 14 team fantasy league. The King of the Bench Fantasy League is available. The link is pinned to our, our Twitter bio right now. Um, it's pinned to the top of our profile. It's in our Instagram bio as well. So sign up. We already have five teams available and we're recording this the day that we dropped that league. So be sure to get in your spot. Don't assume that there's don't assume that there's going to be spots open for you. Um, and the draft will be taking place on Monday. So you're going to want to sign up before then. Also talk about uh, we catch up on some news that we may have missed. I know we took last week off. We needed a little bit of an extra break before the NFL season really gets going. So we catch up on all of our news. Nazem Kadri going to Calgary. Um, ben Sel- Selter, um, unfortunately passing away. Oilers super fan. UFC catch up. We had a lot to catch up with. College football, NFL football. It's a big, long, juicy episode for you all. Two hours, 15 minutes. You don't have to listen to it all at once. Break it up into sections. But you're going to want to listen to the entire thing because wall to wall of this one we go off the reins a little bit here uh it's it was a ton of fun but obviously we wandered a little bit with it being two hours Broncos and 13 minutes on probably in three weeks jimmy a Broncos I, country let's i speak broncos fanatic and i think Nico Broncos like country. To start the show now let's ride if you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Oh, look who's back. Far end of the bench, once again, presented by the Variety Sports Network, episode 106. We know we didn't have a live episode last week. Hopefully you enjoyed re-listening to two awesome interviews, former all-pro Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, won Super Bowl 50, Luis Vasquez on Wednesday. And then Friday, we gave you a little bonus action. Last year's uh, interview that we did with Kendrick Green, the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, and that was aired on Friday. So hopefully you all enjoyed that for our listeners who are just joining us and didn't uh, hear those when they first came out. It was a lot of fun for me to go back and listen to them. I, I still get chills when Louis talking about uh, it's the best feeling in the world when you take another man's will with your bare hands, and I'm just like sitting there, I'm shaking through the Zoom oh, camera. Oh, oh uh, it's definitely one of the. It's probably one of the best interviews yeah. that that we could have ever asked for. Like it was, it was so much fun. What better way to just kick it off right before football starts? I mean, we have a bye week this week. I mean, even if you're going into next next week before the season starts, go back and still listen to those suckers because they're still on the timeline. Still go click on those because man, we. Mm-hmm. We did so much fun on both those. And obviously Kendrick is fighting for a job too. So that helps to hear, hear about a little bit inside, especially if you're a Steelers fan. I know we probably don't have many because Jimmy loves to hate you guys. Or, or we have all, a ton because yeah. they like to listen to me. Just that, there is the part that of the one, fan base that one. likes to listen to uh, the haters. So uh, if you are listening, cause you enjoy me being a hater, I still hate you Pittsburgh. So <laughs> but I love you Kendrick. Have, yeah. It's a great one. It's a great one. I love yeah. them so much. <clears throat> they were a lot of fun. And now you don't have to scroll all the way back through our feed, which you can follow at FEOTB pod on all social medias. Uh, if you were paying attention this earlier in the week, we've been tweeting it out like Mad Men the last couple of days. We are hosting a fantasy league, 14 team fantasy league. 
Nico and I are co-general managers of the bench mob team. Yeah, Nico's not too happy about that. But hey, it's, uh, it, I'm going to be drafting the team. Nico's going to be on a flight, so he's going to have no control. So he's just going to. I will to, be finding out yeah. the team is when I land. So we'll it's see like go, that... it's like agreeing to cook dinner when you didn't get to buy any of the groceries. So you're just going to see what happens. Um, see what happens yeah. yeah, it's the King of the Bench Fantasy League. The link to join is pinned currently to our profile. Um, and we'll be tweeting. If you're listening it out to us right now, pull up the SBN app and join it right away because it may have already filled out by now. You never know. So, yeah. so if you're still listening to us and there's spots open, jump on it right now. Don't um, assume that there's going to be spots left. I know that there's only there's a little there's only a week left until the draft starts. Um, it is a snake draft order, so you're going to have to be present. Otherwise, it's going to auto draft you, and who knows what happens. Um, dra- we we because because obviously maybe we'll we'll implement a punishment next year. But but we'll come up with something for the winner unless we win, obviously, which we probably will. I mean, I mean, what look what happened with the March Madness bracket? I won. So yeah, no, we'll but here's the first loser again. Here's the thing about that, and and I'm totally on board. But I think that we have to address the elephant in the room that you may have a, a sports gambling problem. I have a problem just making weird ass bets on my teams because if you were following along with our social media earlier on in the week, I just made a bet with Brandon. First two out of three games between the Avalanche and Blues. If the if the abs lose two out of three, I got to teach in a blue sweater for a day. So yeah, yeah, yeah I just I, I like I, making I, all I'm, kinds I'm not of bets. Doing that much, so yeah, I'm I'm leaving the hockey bets uh, yeah. till later on. That's all I'll say. But I'll tell you one thing: I bet on some soccer, some footy this weekend. A hundred bucks betting on Bundesliga. Am I back, Jimmy? Did I find my calling with betting on soccer? I think I did. Mm. I think I might have. <laughs> well. There, yeah, there you go. I won. I won the very the, the 2022 very first fear picks of the week with Nevada covering the seven and a half. So shout out. That was there. such a. That was yeah, such, such a lock. That was such. Oh, a lock. New Mexico State. I like I said. I, I hate. I hate New Mexico State with everything I have. I know it's weird that I'm one of those people, but I am. And Nevada. I don't care. If they lost a quarterback. I don't care. If they lost a coach. They're a far better program than New Mexico State will ever be. So easy money. Easy money. New Mexico State should be a uh, Division II program or Division One AA program. They don't belong in the Mountain West. And that's saying something because the Mountain West didn't, like, show out. We did have week zero of football, so that's one thing that we missed. Um, we do have a couple news stories to catch up on. I put out a, a column on it on the Variety Sports Network. Uh, Nazem Kadri did finally sign after what seemed like forever. It, I was honestly thinking that we were going to get another, a notification in another two weeks saying Lou Lamarillo signed him back in – June before free agency even opened, but he just decided he fell asleep and forgot to announce it. But Nazem Kadri is going back to Canada, Western Canada this time, and he's replacing um, he's replacing Matthew or yeah Matthew Kachuk slash Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau. He kind of gets to replace both of them because the way that a center works, it's worth two wingers if if a guy can play center and and play wing. So Nazem Kadri is going up there. He joins Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger as basically a, a top three of that team now. And all of a sudden, I mean, I, I still think that they were set up pretty good looking in the, in the Pacific division, the Pacific division is God awful, especially if Vegas can't figure out what they're getting themselves into. So I th- still think they had a really good shot to win there, but Nazem Kadri signs for 8 million, seven years, 7 million. Is that what yeah, it was? 49 million total. Seven by seven. So Obviously, if you're the Avalanche, you would have never given him a seven-year contract. That was never no, but they did offer. So the that's there's one point of conversation that I wanted to start off with. The Avalanche offers him uh, six by four, 
So four years, $6 million a year, 24 million in total. I know that's not what, I know there's a difference between 24 million and 49 million. Uh, here's what I'll say to the people who are, are gonna make that argument. NHL contracts are guaranteed. So yes, there is a difference between 49 million and 24 million, but let's talk about this in an NFL sense. You have to take the $49 million contract because there's a chance that none of it ends up in your bank account because that's not fully guaranteed. These guys don't have to worry about that. I would have thought in my head, Nazem Kadri wants to stick around and win a couple more championships and make a good chunk of change while he's at it. At that point, I thought six by four was as good of an offer as he was going to get. And I was like, oh, yeah, Nas, come on. Come back to me. Come back to me, please. Well, I'm, I'm going to be as, as, as honest as possible. If you're, this is his last big contract. He's not going to get another one. I another one this juicy. This is as good of a contract as he will ever get. And it's if he plays it out, he'll be 39 at the end of his contract. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how many years. It was the money because it come three, four years down the road now, he's not getting this type of money. He is not. This is the pinnacle of his career, and, and there was no way he was turning down $49 million and doubling what they got. And, and, he still, and look, think about it like this. He still gets to go to a playoff team. Still gets to contribute on a team that honestly probably made a lot of really good moves that set them up better than they probably were last year. Probably that the moves they made this offseason may even put them ahead of Edmonton at a point um, with, with Markstrom coming back and their defense being a lot better. Mm-hmm. So Edmonton, are, I mean, Calgary, like, it's perfect. Like I said, the guy is going to be a jersey style guy. He's a guy who you can put on the face of things. You lose Kachuk, you lose uh, Gaudreau, two guys who obviously were big faces of your franchise. You're bringing a guy who, off of a cup who's beloved by a lot of people outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which you don't like anyways. So yeah. it's a perfect situation. And look. Did <laughs> it surprise not, you that he decided to go back to Canada? We, bo- we both said I, that's, at yes, different that's times on this podcast. I thought like, he was going to New York. I thought he was yeah. going to New York. I would have yeah. put money on it. He was going to the Islanders or to the Rangers. Because I think him on the wanted, Rangers, him on the <laughs> Rangers turned the Rangers into a wagon. That, yeah, that would be not fun. Except both those teams fumbled the back completely. So yeah. I, that's why I was guessing because I didn't think he wanted to go to Canada. But then you got to remember, Calgary is literally like from Washington to New York. It's literally as far away from Toronto as possible. So he is away from the media. He's on his own team, his own thing, where he gets to play the Maple Leafs and rivalry games. And you, you don't think that, that grinds his gears a little bit? Yep. He's coming, but he gets to go back as a part of another Canadian team and go whip their ass again. You think he doesn't love that? He does. Yeah. And, and would I have loved him to come back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Except for the fact that if you give him more than $4 million, which was, which if he wanted to come back at all, he would have had to trade money. Well, think about this. That $4 million, we didn't have $4 million. That's another thing. We have like $3.5 million in cap. So someone would be gone. So think about it like this. You would have had to trade away like so Sammy G or, or JT Confer or whoever. You would have had to trade them away for that contract for Kadri. Mm-hmm. Is that something you would have had to pay for for a disguise for six more years? I don't think so. So that's where that cutoff is right there too. And when you have Nathan McKinnon payday around the corner, which the guy is going to be the highest paid hockey player in the world next summer, that's 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 looming. You cannot even war- you cannot even stress about it. Because look, as yeah. good as Kadri was, you made it through the playoffs with him banged up. He was injured for most of the postseason. He was. And, he was injured for a good part. He missed twenty games in the regular season as well. He scored his. He had his highest point total, and I think he only played 
67 games off the top of my head, if I'm thinking correctly. Exactly. So you managed to get the, the second-best record in the NHL with him playing three-quarters of the season, and mm-hmm. you managed to, to have one of the best records of all time winning the Stanley Cup with him pl- missing a third of the games. So, in my opinion, I, it hurts to say, but you can replace him. You cannot replace Nathan McKinnon. You cannot no. replace these other guys. You you can find another cadre off the street. If you don't think that that Joe Sakic, Joe Sakic has three and a half million dollars to work with now. You don't think come the trade deadline if the Avs need a second center or if the Avs need something else that they can package Sammy G and package someone together be like okay let's go get another two C because you have that million to three million to use and the money from whoever you're going to trade that's going to get you a prized possession. Right, mm-hmm. that's going to get you someone very, very good on a bad team where someone's going to surprise somebody and be like, "Damn, we we we're, he's going to be a free agent next year, or he's a free agent two years. He's going to be that longer. Let's ship him off to Colorado. Go get a a, a defenseman and, and, and some 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 picks." And that's exactly what Joe Joe did with Helm. Joe did yeah. with Cogliano. Did with all these guys to get them to come here. So I'm not stressed about it. I have nothing but love from Kadri. I cannot wait for him to get his ring and come back because he's beloved here. Like First said, person in history to carry the hoist the Stanley Cup inside a mosque. That was very uh, very, very historic. Yeah, very very historic. Like he, look, this is this is a Ray Borg type thing. Ray Borg was not is not known as a Colorado. I'm not saying Kadri will get his number retired. He probably won't. But but he, whenever he walks into this building, he will be at every alumni game. He will be around the city when he retires. He will come back, and he'll be beloved, just like Borg is here, just like Rob Blake is. I mean, you can go down the list of names of guys who aren't known as Avalanche. Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux, guys that aren't known as Colorado Avalanche guys, but that come back because they were part of a cup. So, yeah. like I said, I'm glad he got a bag. I'm glad he got a deal i'm sad it's in the western conference western conference we'll probably have to face calgary eventually but that's the way it goes uh yeah i mean it's good for calgary because he's a guy that's going to bring a little extra grit it's good for the league because now you get to see Kadri versus evander kane for multiple matchups they are going to play the hell out of that battle of alberta Uh, and also you get to set up now i mean if Kadri is going to be this next level he does have next level skill he is a very skilled offensive player mckinnon versus Kadri makes a little bit of sense too um huberto versus dry you get like there are storylines that you can play with i think it's easier now too for avalanche fans because we've had so long and the avalanche have had to already prepare for him leaving it's not like he we were expecting to re-sign him and had some sort of move in place where we traded away Sammy G to make the cap room, and then he undercut us. We knew pretty much the entire time if he wasn't going to re-sign. Yeah, if he wasn't going to re-sign around the time that Val did, there was no way he was coming back. And especially after the money that they threw at Val, that was the big number that they were giving out. Nobody else was coming close to that. I think you could argue Arturi Lekkinen probably got a little bit more than people were expecting, but he got more term than – he gave more term to the Avalanche than what – people were expecting he would give to them um and the Colorado Avalanche did the right things you said they secured their depth line again in Helm and Cogliano uh you still have Logan O'Connor for four years shout out to the Teledads it is guys I've been listening to all their player previews and reviews um and you're hoping that Alex Newhook in this first portion of the season can step up and be a second line center because that's the perfect that's a perfect scenario because then you don't even have to trade for a 2c at the deadline you can maybe Sure up goaltending if Gorgiev isn't as good as you think he is. Sure up defense if maybe you're having some depth issues or 
you know, Devontae's is, yeah, is going to be injured to start the season. It looks like he, he was banged up during the, the playoff run. So there's different things that can happen in the Colorado Avalanche are set up now. They don't have to worry about anything at the moment. They can kind of see how the first, first leg of the season goes. Uh, that's why I, on that bet that I did with Brandon, I did a two out of three games. He wanted to do just who won the first match. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. the Colorado Avalanche is going to be playing JV hockey. Like Ben Myers is going to be a third line guy to start the season in October and November. I'm not doing the first game because there's a good chance it's an AHL team that's taking the ice and ball arena. Uh, It's going to be interesting. And it's going to be weird for, it's going to be weird for Avalanche fans because we're not going to have to, we can't take anything seriously in October and November, just like we did last season where they were, we were like, oh, they're god-awful, and this is not going to work. Just R-E-L-A-X, relax. You pump the brakes, right? yeah. brakes. And like I said, I, I would love to have Kodja back. There is zero doubt about that. But I trust what this team depth-wise can do. I think Newey can step in. He's in his third or fourth year now uh, um, from being drafted. I think that could be a great step up for him. And like I said, that cap room is, is just undeniable. Like, having that $3 million, yes, I would have loved Paulie Walnuts coming back here on that deal he took in Carolina because that's an excellent deal. It's a deal that the Avs probably could have easily done. One year, $1.5 million, that's a deal that the Avs do in their sleep with the amount of cap space they have. Obviously, they, thought they could not keep up with speed. That's why they're rolling with the young guys. And you have, you have the horsepower to lead you to the point. It's, it, it's what – because like I said – the Kale McCarr and the Nathan McKinnon, Mika Ranson, and Gabriel Lanskov will get you to where you want to be. It's the where the depth guys will. That's how you won the cup last year. The depth guys won you the cup. But yeah. are those depth guys going to step up again this year? That's going to be the difference between this team being a one-time Stanley Cup team and a back-to-back team. That's the difference because you know you're going to get there. You know you're going to have a shot at this. But it's it's whether those depth guys can do what they did last year. And that's all that matters. And it, if they don't, they'll fill it by – February or January, whenever the trade deadline is, you know Joe and Joe and Joe's up there um, making the moves with Chris with, with McFarland. Mm-hmm. Hey, think about back to that episode where we were recording the very first game against Nashville, and we had to like shut off real quick after we were talking about the Broncos draft. We was like, "Oh crap, we already scored two goals." What was the main thing we talked about after that game? You had Logan O'Connor, you had uh, Alex Milhook, and you had uh, it was uh, Abe Kubel the guy who's famous now for tripping and falling and denting the bottom of the cup. Uh, Those were three guys that played 70 plus games for you in the regular season, got you the second best record in the regular season. And we're not in the starting lineup, all healthy scratches for the first game against Nashville, which was a game you won seven to three, seven to two, something like that. Yeah. This team, they know exactly what they're doing. So if you're a hockey casual, if you jump, just jumped on the bandwagon during the playoff run, Please don't be standing there in in October and November. That's when you're supposed to be watching football. The Avalanche don't even want you to be watching them play in October and November. They're getting their legs back underneath them. Val has a broken foot that he's trying to heal. Devon Taves had something wrong with him. I'm sure there's plenty of other things. Like, there's no way Gabriel Landeskog had surgery, had 20 days of rest before the playoffs started, and then played all all through that playoff run and didn't come away somewhat scathed. Like, these guys are going to be slow to start the season. That's fine. That's okay. That's what happens. That's what happens. It's, it's mm-hmm. how you respond that makes the team. We that's need them better at the end of the season than we need them. Yeah, we don't need them to play very well in the fall. So you winter. Just, you get to yourself to a point where you can set yourself up for success. That's yeah. all you need. Uh, the only other thing that we wanted to touch on uh, was the unfortunate news that uh, Ben Stetler, the 
Stelter, excuse me, Ben Stelter, the uh, little boy who had uh, unfortunately terminal illness, hung out with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he has the he's quoted in their Twitter bio um, at Edmonton Oilers play La Bamba Baby because that was their victory song. Obviously, uh, one of the more tough stories, but it's also a story that kind of reminds you the impact of sports that the impact that sports can have. Um, because we got to see him in just a few short moments of his life standing next to Conrad David for the playing of O Canada, which is probably something he's always dreamed about doing, going back to the locker room interviews, post-game press conferences. Um, even though it's a tragic ending to the story, it was very cool that the Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers did that for him and then also shared that with the rest of the world because uh, I'm sure that there's other kids that love hockey, love whatever sport that they're watching and seeing a guy in that situation, maybe similar to theirs, is probably very inspiring for them. So it's unfortunate that he had to go as soon as he did. I think he was only uh, four, uh, under five years old. Um, so it's it's heartbreaking, but it it was also heartwarming seeing him in those videos and the, the play La Bamba baby at the end of all their video compilations. I don't really like the Edmonton Oilers all that much after the playoffs. I'll watch those. I I, I always have time for that video. And I've outpouring support from the league too. Like you said, this is this is just a one instant one instance of of the situation, and, and it just shows that that hockey and sports in general is for everyone, and that that it is a sport that brings everyone together. And sports brings everyone together. That doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, if you're in a different country, who who what matters? It's 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 your love for the team and the team that's playing so well. And like I said, it's it's a sad situation. He had such a long life ahead of him, but you know, I, I, the Edmonton Oilers did a great job of of remembering him in, in such a great way. Yeah, it's um, if you have the chance, go watch some of the videos. Uh, go watch him prowl around, and, and the Oilers players were really cool. Zach Hyman was one of the ones that stood out. Just kind of followed him around and made sure he got to experience everything that he could. Um, so Ben Stel- Stelter, uh, unfortunate, but uh, he did pass in the last time that we had a live episode, so needed to mention it. <clears throat> and now, in the toughest transition in all of podcast history. Uh, we need to talk about Row One Brand at Cool Stub on Twitter. It's RowOneBrand.com. All of the art gallery, if you use code VSP15, Variety Sports Network affiliate, VSP15 at RowOneBrand.com, uh, you get 15% off anything in the art gallery. They have tons of cool old school stuff. A lot of their football paintings have the one bar um, face mask. Get it? Row One Brand. Huh? Huh? Let me see what they did there. You get 15% off when you use code VSP15. So super proud to be a part of the Riley Sports Network and at Cool Stub on Twitter to uh, follow Row One Brand. Get anything and everything that you could possibly want for sports memorabilia and merchandise. Um, basketball? Basketball is what we decided on uh, well, next. I know, there's um, basketball. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what? You're thinking like, it's fucking oh, awesome. oh. It's almost, it's August and, and we're, yeah. we're talking about basketball? I thought the season just ended. Yeah, it was. It's crazy how quickly this thing turned around. Um, And I don't know if you've heard the Fat Me on Fat Boy Fadeaway uh, sports podcast yet. I went on their show, episode 101 on Sunday. They asked me about Jokic, our Lord and Savior. And they wanted to make sure they they wanted to make sure that we were not recognizing the greatness that is Nikola Jokic. Oh, yeah. They were thinking they were thinking that we were like the rest of the country, like, oh well, he's just so underappreciated because he just he's so consistent and nobody really cares about him. And I I had to set the record straight, like, no, 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 no. 
No, oh, we, love we this toot man. that horn like no other. Okay, there is. We 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 do we 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 pause on this before we even say it. we stroke him off like no one else. Okay, uh, we, I'm not even gonna pause on that. One. It's we, two wrist, we, two wrist, and double barrel action on. You on could go back. Over. You could go back almost two years now of of yeah. when he of me yelling about his MVP case, and this was before he won his first one. So. I could go on and on about him. So, so I, you know, I need to go on now because obviously I need to show it too that we how much we love him. Because like I said, Russell Wilson, this, uh, 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 Chris Bryant, that I get it, Kevin McCarr, and yeah, but the face of this town is number one five. Mm-hmm. And Kevin McCarr, Russell Wilson are a close one too. But right now, the best player in the world and one of the best sports in the world is number one five, Nikola Jokic. And my God, he is ruling over Europe right now. He is the king over there. Took Not only Giannis does he one just on one. took down Giannis, one. defending him too mm-hmm. very well. A defensive Jokic. I thought he could play defense. Oh. Oh no, and and he's putting the team Serbia on his back, a team that nobody has, and, and literally no one's on the team. I, Mar- Mar- I think Jokic I know Bog- and Marunovic and Bogdanovic. I, I, I know Bogdanovic, Bob, or Boban Marunovic is on the team, but he didn't make the Serbia team. And then mm-hmm. or and then uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic um, of the Kings formerly. I don't know if he's there anymore. It sounds like a made-up name, also. honestly, Nico. It sounds either, like you're, you're pulling our leg. Either way, this this guy is just doing Sambor shuffles in Sambor Serbia, and it is hilarious to watch. Then, look, look, have you heard the, the Serbian calls of the games? The radio oh calls my of the God. games? They're, they're nuts. Uh, and, look, and look, we we talk about how great our fandoms are here in these states. There is nothing like European soccer and just fans fanatics. You don't think they love their basketball over there? They yeah. do. It is it is soccer. To they start riots in European basketball. They have to divide the stands because people start riots in Europe. That's how crazy these fans were. And the MVP chance, everything. Shout out the D- DNVR Nuggets guys because they went over there and got to experience it all. And I would love to experience all that. That's a bucket list of item of mine is to go see European basketball and European soccer. But man, Jokic is just doing Jokic things. And, oh Does man, it dude. bother you at all that he's playing at, at this oh, no. high of a level in the offseason? Or is it good and, for him? Okay, this, this, this is where this conversation needs to go. Look at what happened with Chet Holmgren. That is different than what Jokic is doing. Chet injured himself playing a pro-am with LeBron on him. He's out for the year. He's done for the year. His rookie season is done for. Jokic is playing in a World Cup qualifier team for his home country. Completely different. You playing for Europe, playing for a country, that's different. That's like saying, Kim McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, go play for Team Canada in the Olympics. That's fine. That's what you do. That's what they're allowed to do. Home country, that's one of the proudest things in the world. That's what they prefer. Like, that's what the European players prefer to do. They all want to win an NBA championship, and they like building their brand in America. But truly, they'd rather win one of the international of tournaments friends for and their families and, and the people that they grew up with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. So that part I get playing in a street ball tournament as a pro. That's a different story. That's a story for another conversation because playing in I the think, Drew league. Yeah. It depends on the situation and who you are. Cause Cheryl Holmgren yeah. as a rookie and, and doing that. No LeBron James yeah. in year 20 where he knows his body a little bit different. So that's where I differ from that. So I don't mind it because he doesn't get hurt and he's fucking putting on a show. <laughs> I love every He's making himself better. I mean, if you can learn how to play in that style, it suits you a little bit for 
the uh, NBA game because you're you're not getting any of the calls that you get in the NBA, especially when you're playing in the paint. You're not, and the defense is a lot different. Lucas said it best. He joked around and said, it's tougher playing in Europe, and not because of skill competition. It's because of the team defense they play. Think about this. College basketball is such a team defensive sport, right? There's a reason why when they get to the league, that's not so much, right? It's not so much team defense. It's one-on-one. Can I beat you? Of course most guys can beat you. But when you play in, in, in the, the, the La Ligas of, of basketball and you play for Real Madrid or, or Barcelona or whoever, they play team defense because that's all they know. That's why the likes of Faku made themselves a living for a couple of years in the league because he was good, a team player. <laughs> and, and, and he was go, good at defense until he wasn't. <laughs> and when you when you go in Europe and you play Greece or you play or play um, Serbia or whoever, like when you play these guys with Jokic or Giannis, everyone keys on him. That's what weeds out the league. Everyone's looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that when you touch the ball, you're going to do something with it. So that's why they throw double, triple teams at you. And he's still doing what he's doing right now. Oh my god. Oh, uh, I, 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 I know football season's on right now, but watching these highlights of him and watching Jamal or MPJ and these and these and these pickup games with Kyrie and Tatum and KD and cooking all them, and then Jamal, oh, I need it. it. It happened at a good time for you because it got you got to completely forget about the Broncos wetting the bed in Buffalo. You didn't even have to think about that. I didn't even watch Jokic played the same week. There was a preseason game. Oh, we don't. I don't know. Right, right. Well, uh, unlike the rest of the Denver sports media, that was the other thing that I talked about on Fatboy Fadeaway. I was like, uh, Broncos country is so hot and cold right now because after the first preseason game, it was I told you we were just a quarterback away, and then after Buffalo, we kind of tucked tail, and it was like a. I said we were, and then we're right back up after yeah. Minnesota last week. <laughs> so it's all it's all over the place. At least we're not Seattle, right? <laughs> the the Jokic playing in these European tournaments, it it reminds me the um in the scene in Hustle when Adam Sandler takes uh Wancho to the gym and tells him if you can score on him, you get a hundred dollars of his money. And, and if you don't, uh, he's going to play defense on every single person in the gym until nobody wants to try and score on him again. And that's kind of, it's good for him because that's the one knock against Jokic is that he doesn't play defense, even though statistically he plays some of the best defense of the position. So I don't know. It's fine. Like, it's okay. I, I understand the limits of public education and the funding in Philadelphia public education, obviously, not what it needs to be. They need to reinvest in, in books and reading. But it's funny. I don't mean to cut you off, but I saw a tweet. I was like, "What's the what's the what's the most delusional fan base on a sports team?" I was just going to put a picture of the state of Philadelphia, oh, the city of Philadelphia, and I think yeah. that works. All of them. Yes, works. the Flyers. <laughs> I just think it works. The Phillies, the Eagles, the the Seventy Sixers. Is there any? I think that hits all of them, and they worship the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, they worship a guy who's a fake boxer. Yet Joe Frazier is from their city, and they have no shrine to Joe Frazier. But they have Rocky off to the side, who's never fought. Jimmy is the biggest Rocky guy in the world, and this is listen. I get it. I get it, and I can love. I was quoting. They had a Rocky movie marathon on AMC yesterday. I was quoting every single one. I pity the fool. You ready for another beating? You should have never came back. It's stupid that they have a statue to Rocky and he's in the Pro Boxing Hall of Fame and there's nothing for Joe Lewis in the city of Philadelphia. That makes no sense. Oh Explain my. that one to me. 
because you can't. Yeah, you can't. So Philadelphia, Philadelphia definitely falls. Let's not forget that. McFalls has a statue. <laughs> so, yeah, they kind of give statues out to anybody down there, I guess. Yep, uh, they do. <laughs> Doug Peterson screwed the pooch so bad by winning a championship there. He screwed the rest of us over so bad. It's uh, Philadelphia since then has just been insufferable. But also, they've been really, really bad since then. So, it's true. Fun. Every I'll sport, t- really. I'll take every it. Sport, yeah. I'll take it. They lost Giroux. <laughs> yeah, they lost. Like the lights of Embiid, the lights of Giroux. I mean, this this the city is delusional. They don't they don't know what to talk about, Jimmy. It's all of us. They don't know what to talk about. They like I said, yeah, Embiid. they need and to it wasn't reinvest. For Big Dick Nick, they that city still would have never won, have not won a championship since the two thousands with the Phillies. So, yeah, the the Phillies were the last time. I liked it better when the Phillies were the only thing that they were relevant for. And now and we I, have and to... I didn't mind the Phillies because of, of uh, uh, Roy Halladay and Brad Lidge obviously went to Creek and Roy Doc Halliday is a Colorado kind of rest in peace, but that's just that. And I didn't mind them. Now I can't stand the city and I hate saying this, but I'll be there next summer. So, cause work Ooh. is having to do that for me. So I'm Ooh. looking forward to that. That's gross. That's, that ain't good. Uh, um, Temple's not bad. I like Temple. Temple is the only good thing that, that I'll, I'll root for in the, the city of Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> last thing to catch up on, and this one we'll, we'll bring, since we were talking about the Phillies, represented by AAA's Treats. Follow them. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook. If you search AAA's Treats on Facebook, you get 10% off any order when you mention Variety Sports Network. They make custom cakes, so if you have a party coming up, birthday party coming up, uh, I know, Nico, you're now a new uncle, so at some point down the road, you might be ordering – one of these new fancy cakes from Tasty Treats. And when you do, you get 10% off when you mention Variety Sports Network. So check out Tasty A, Triple A's, Triple A's Treats on Facebook. Another proud member, proud affiliate of the Variety Sports Network. Uh, we made, we had history stopped in its tracks. Um, here's, here's this one question. One question that I have to start this thing off. Is that the biggest comeback in UFC history? Because four and a half minutes of just pure domination. There was no doubt in anybody's oh, mind. God. That was Kamaru Usman's fight. If if the, the kick heard around the world now, I would say probably the biggest knockout since Holly Holm put maybe, Ronda maybe down in Aldo, Australia. Maybe Aldo McGregor. Um, yeah. Probably since those those two, probably one of the biggest upsets in UFC history too. I'll say upset. I know it's not that big of an upset because Leon is a hell of a fighter, and we've been saying it for how long, Jimmy? We've been saying it. The only competition left is Leon, right? He ran. I mean, he was the only one that didn't get a shot. Yeah, he was the only one that hadn't had a shot. We all thought, well, this is maybe the guy. This is the only. If this guy can't beat him, there's not many people. And to to be fair, I was only saying that for like content. I wasn't really saying that because I believed it, and I was proven right for four and a half minutes. The thing about those. Those two, Kamaru Usman has beaten Leon Edwards' ass for nine and a half minutes. There's 30 seconds in the first fight where he was wobbled a bit, and that's what everybody was worried about uh, coming into this matchup because this was a rematch. They had fought before. It was before Before Kamaru was the champion. Um, Everybody was nervous about that, how Leon Edwards was able to clip him. And then (laughs) after Kamaru knocked Jorge Jorge Masvidal's soul out of his body, I was just – resigning myself to the fact that nobody could beat Kamaru Usman and he was going to break the record set by Anderson Silva had the chance to do that this weekend and fell 30 seconds short. It's one of those crazy things that nobody saw coming. Um, Did you watch 
another one that I can compare it to. Did you watch when Gonzaga head kicked Prokop and knocked him out? Kind of did Prokop signature move. I was watching that one. I ended up happened to be watching that card live. And when that happened, they were just talking about how Krokop was probably going to throw a high kick and put this thing over. And then all of a sudden it's Gonzaga just using that big gorilla leg of his just and you're just sitting there. Joe Rogan's face facial reaction was the best. Just the, he looked like a baby that was like seeing experiencing something new for the first time. He's like there's nothing like Joe Rogan uh, expressions after <laughs> something like that happens. And, and, and if you look at the, 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 the uh, UFC does a great job. They have fight day um, blogs where, where they follow the main eventers and you watch those videos back. Leon, they were talking about that exact move. They, they, they were saying that when, when you bring that jab up, that right jab, he is going to start leaning that one way. That's when you fake jab and lead that kick and it landed to a T. He, he put Usman's head on a tee and wound up and kicked that motherfucker across the, across the ring. That was the hardest I've ever seen. That's one of the hardest I've, times I've ever seen anybody get kicked. It, it, was, was, it was firm, out cold, yeah. no doubt about it. Like it sounded it was, like a baseball bat. It sounded it, like the crack of a home a run. Punk and you were like, oh, fuck. It, it was that time for about a half a second. That's just some of the best moments in sports. When it just something happens, like, and you're like, oh, and everyone's like, the, Oh, it's, and then lose her mind. Yeah, it's it's one of the coolest things in sports. And yeah, like I said, Leon is was more than deserving of a champ, a title fight. He Masvidal skipped over him. Diaz skipped over him. Hamzat was about to skip over him, and then he finally got his shot. And he said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm still here. I still deserve my shot." And man, oh man, like I said, I I have nothing but love for Usman. I think he's a hell of a fighter. But my he's going to get a rematch. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be Leon Edwards' next fight. They're not going to wait. He's going to have to be out for a little bit of time. When you get KO'd like that, there was no follow-up shots landed. And in most UFC fights, even when there is somebody that gets knocked out clean, the referee normally doesn't get over there or the fighter doesn't realize that. Now, everybody knew that Kamaru Usman was, was knocked out. out before he hit the mat. It was just a matter of time. Um, and we're both big WWE, like pro wrestling fans, and listening to those guys talk about how the arena is hit differently, especially if you mess with the emotions of what the people think. So the silence was then followed by just a wave of confusion and you hear it hit the first rows and then the second rows and then the third rows. And then everybody is reacting to the same thing. And it was, it's one of those historical moments because if Kamara Usman breaks, he was already pound for pound number one. And I, he's going to move down a little bit. I don't think he should. He won't move Um, that far, but he he obviously isn't that anymore. He's not going to be the pound for pound number one anymore, but it's, if he would have broken that record, we're talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time, like pushing John Jones for just flat out. Most talented, best. one of the most talented. That's the first time he's lost in the UFC. It's not his first professional loss. He had been undefeated since he ran through that ultimate fighter season where they had the Black Zillions versus uh, American top team. And since then he had been on absolute tear. I think that he'll be able to come back, but that's the crazy thing about, about fights like these and especially getting knocked out like that for a guy who's never been, he's never been finished in his career. Is that going to be the point where his chin goes? Yeah. Yeah, Is that going to be the point where his chin is, is no longer to stand up and take these shots to where if Leon Edwards lands that combination that wobbles him earlier without having been knocked out, is he going to hit that same combination? And now you just, you can't take you can take so many hits to the head it's like you get one one brain so when your brain has been hit so many times now it's just willing to shut off at the drop of a hat 
think think about all of the all of the greats of the last ten years. The Conor McGregor getting choked out by Diaz. You don't think that changed him? Think about when Ronda when she got her head kicked. She lost the rematch fight too. Like you don't think that changed her? Think think, think about when Stipe when Stipe lost to DC. You don't think that changed him when when he when he faced the junior do. Think of the Junior Dos Santos Cain Velasquez wars. Both of those guys were absolutely them. not it, the it, same fighter after that. Not the same fighter at all. And like you go into this rematch, obviously we all probably all think that Usman may be getting no shot this, but maybe it's time for Leon, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. Leon's time. Usman's time, it was a hell of a run, but maybe it's up. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it is. I'm not I, I think Usman's still unbelievable fighter. And I still think he get like, a great shot at winning it back. But it just shows the, the world of mixed martial arts. You're never truly done until that bell rings. You never truly are. And that's one of the greatest parts about it. You, you think about that, that Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena rematch fight. What was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Pena was getting her ass kicked. But in the fifth round, she had Nunes in, in, in an armbar situation, a chokehold situation, where she almost won that fight still. Yeah, and, 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 the, and Nunes deserves the credit because I gave her – her a healthy portion of shit after her last fight, which was deservedly so, because I think in the fight against Juliana Pena where she lost her title, she totally gave up in that fight and didn't look exactly. like she wanted to train and wasn't the lioness. And then she reasserted herself and reasserted her dominance in the division now. So and that's, and she deserves that credit. Exactly. That's to be determined if Usman has it. I think we I think he has it. I absolutely do think he has I wouldn't it. put my money against it. That's I would for not sure. put my money against it. But if you if you give me a plus two hundred odds at Leon to win again, I'm taking that. Like, you like, have I, to. I, I, I I hated that I was in Florida during this fight and I could not bet on it. And I hated that at, that this fight went off at one a.m. my time. I was sound asleep for three hours and I woke up and I'm like, I'm sorry, what happened? I'm like, hold on, what just happened? And, and Back it, it's, the up. It, it was incredible. Incredible, incredible move, incredible kick. Like I said, Leon didn't know Salt Lake City, Utah existed, but I'll tell you one thing, he'll never forget it ever again. It's it, it's funny that how our fighters can own in on one moment in their careers. This is his moment. He'll never forget it. It's gonna be the best thing for him. And now he has the it's similar to uh and, and a guy like Michael every- Bisping. I think it's similar to a guy like Michael Bisping where he's been around the top and should have gotten the title shot for so long and had to prove himself in, in extraordinary ways before he even got his one chance. And he almost lost it, but he found the one way to actually etch his name. He's now historically always gonna be remembered as an undisputed UFC champion. And, How and many guys a- have been able to say that? Exactly. And think about all the things that this just derailed, right? There was talks Usman might try light heavyweight, mm-hmm. that he may go triple Hachka, that, that he may he may go fight Triple G and, and go to boxing and try that over there, or he may do Canelo, or or who knows. All that shit is out the window. In the blink of an eye, that quick, something can change like that. When you start thinking of things like that, when you start thinking of outside inter- interference, that's what got Connor so fucking caught up with Nate, right? He thought he was going to walk through Nate. And they said, no, 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 no. Hold up. I ain't like that. You know, I'm built yeah. different than that. And <laughs> caught himself caught. And anything of the double champ anymore, whatever, the greatest of all time, it was out the window. Right? Like, like you lose like that fashion. I'll tell you one thing. John Jones never got touched like that. Right? GSP, nope. one time in his career, got touched up like that. But like, he still like, won like, that fight. But he still won that fight. Like, 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 like 
the Demetrius Johnson got touched up a little bit. I mean, the, the likes of the world, like it changes now. It changes your fight game and it changes everything. So I said, I love seeing new blood. I love seeing fights like that happen where you're like, oh shit, right? That's some of the best moments, the oh shit moments. And the UFC doesn't fail to deliver at all. And man, like I said, I hope Rocky Edwards can continue with this because I love seeing new blood and seeing what divisions can hold. Because um, like I said, that division was getting a little stale. Let's not be, let's, let's yeah, be 170. Off, yeah. 170 wasn't a like, shark tank next, like people the, thought. And now Colby can get another shot at the championship. And, the, 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 and maybe Masvidal too, right? Like yeah, you, well, like, and, and then you could throw even Hamza into the conversation, right? Mas, Hamza, Masvidal should go to jail before he gets a, another fight. I, I, I know, but either way, Hamza and Nate Diaz fight in two weeks. Hmm. Winner of that, do you not think they have a, they, they have a real real? If Nate Diaz gets the title shot. I know, I know. It's hard, <laughs> weird to talk about. and I, but, but Then we're in WWE territory. But you got to think also, Nate Diaz, that's the last fight of his contract. He's never fighting again. But Hamza wins that. He, he, he's in the conversation, right? He's yeah, probably he, the guy that faces Leon next. You got to figure out right? who your contender is that's going to fight in between the time that Usman can get he's into his about. rematch. Um, this is, it's this, it's spelled out why Vince McMahon, he was in on possibly buying the UFC when it was up for sale. And he un, uh, inevitably said, I would never buy it because I can't control the star. I have to be able to control who's going to win. And if I can't do that, I can't make money at it. He's not that kind of promoter. Yeah, Dana no White Roman is that Reigns kind of promoter. Hold, yeah, there's no Roman Reigns that'll hold the, hold the belt for two years. And then you can just pay you back off of that forever. Yeah, Give, it Give it to Goldberg. Give it to Goldberg. Do it. I know he's 54. Do it. You can't have Brock Lesnar step in there with Gondor nowadays. That's not going to happen. Side note. (laughs) Side note. It looks way better now that Triple H is taking over. I know it does. And it's TV 14 again. I may start watching it. Yeah, I have a Peacock subscription. It Uh, may be time to... Yeah, we'll be. be back in. (laughs) You son of a bitch. I'm back in. Son of a bitch. Hot sauce. Back in. Yeah. Um. Before we get into talking about, we'll, we'll talk about some of the week zero games in college football. Uh, Want to mention once more that uh, we are presented by the Variety Sports Network, and you can check out In the Clutch Sports. You get 10% off your whole order when you use code Variety Sports, all caps, and that's all one word. Um, and we'll talk about some of the merch and, and other things like that for Variety Sports when we get into the NFL talk. But we can mention uh, it's time to talk some college football. And we don't have to wait long to get these good matchups, but let's go back and, and let's reverse ourselves a little bit in well, time. A shit show week zero. Like yeah, right? it's always you know that it's gonna be it, like it's it's assumed that everybody's gonna be weird. Uh, we had a game take place in Ireland. Neither team was Notre Dame. I I don't know why well, yeah, that was the case. Yeah. Really uh, interesting those cases. The power went out at that stadium, and the alcohol and- became free. Yeah, that was the funniest part about it. I <laughs> love those Irish. Those mix are awesome. They, they were handing out. I saw a video of it, or or, or I heard something about it. Handing out one and a half liters of tonic and gins, not beer, tonic and gins. The little things that come in those glasses, you know, at games that, that, that they, they give you the little plastic <laughs> cups. That, that's the difference between Europe and, and America, right? When you run out of beer, you don't stop selling. You just give it away. It's yeah. hilarious, right? Cause, oh, cause we can't about, take like, credit cards. Everybody can keep drinking, though. Because think about this. It's so genius. Like, like, look, from a marketing perspective, it's so genius, right? You run out of – you run out your, – your, your machines go down, whatever. Like, you are you going to ruin all those fans that came from America's experience? 
This may be mm. the first or last time they ever come here. And what you just did for them, you think they're going to come back? <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't matter if their team got beat if you're Nebraska. They're <sighs> coming back. They will come back and enjoy the hell out of it because you, your hospitality. But my God, I don't think Nebraska ever wants to – Nebraska should have stayed in Ireland. Let's be honest, though. Nebraska's so football stayed. team should just disband at this point. Like, that well, is CU's so – bad, but my God, okay? No, my I mean, worst. we expect CU to be bad. You guys still expect Nebraska to turn this thing around, and well, I don't know Wisconsin why you continue. Yeah. And two. <laughs> well, come on. You know that it's like his top top ten rappers of all time list that he didn't put Eminem in. Like, he's just he was doing serious, this. Though. No, he's he... real serious, yeah. <laughs> I don't take anything that that dude says seriously. I, not a single word. I just listen to Buzzing with the Boys for the bullshit. I don't listen to it for – that's not where I get my no, news good taste, from. Good quality. Yeah. It's not, it's not a sports analysis show. That's a comedy <laughs> show. Uh, <clears throat> it's just bad. Like, first off, how does Scott Frost keep his job? I get that he Outside is. Outside kick up 11? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> but but it is his fault, and you can't say that it it's is, his players it's anymore anymore. because nine, nine single-digit losses, nine single-possession losses in two years? I'm sorry. I know that your players aren't executing, but at some point you got to point the finger back at yourself and say, I can't get my players to execute, and we can't get over the hump because of me. I don't see Nebraska turning this. This is not a, a game that you lose that you're able to turn things around afterwards. No, this is the all. start to another three and seven season where you lose seven games within one possession. This is Northwestern. They don't fucking play school over there, okay? They don't play, they don't they, play football. They, they came play from medical school to go whoop your ass in Ireland after you were up by 11. Like, <laughs> I, I saw a stat today. I was like, so Bo Pelini, the guy they fired before Scott Frost, if Scott Frost wins his next 50 games in a row, he'll still have a worse record than Bo Pelini will have when he got fired. 50 straight. That means they, they go on, they, they went out for the next three or four years and they win a national championship. And then he'll still have a worse record than Bo Pelini. Scott Frost, you had a great career at UCF. My God, are you not ready for the big lights? <laughs> I know are... that he wanted to come to his home pro- program. He used to be a stud when he played for him. I think he's one of the last quarterbacks to win a national championship for him um it's obviously not there as a coach at least not in nebraska he did great when he had mckenzie milton before the devastating knee injury at ucf that was awesome i i rooted for them so hard yeah i rooted for them so hard to beat auburn in that bowl game i wanted it for him i didn't count it as a national championship like those dipshits but hey you're cute you were in the dance It, it was nice nebraska's not cute anymore no, that can't be. There's expectations for one of the worst programs in college football at the current moments. Let's be honest here. At the current moments, one of the worst programs in college football. Let's say contemporary People circled times. Nebraska on their schedule being like, oh, this is a bye week, basically. Yeah. Big Ten spits on you. And let's be honest. This is ever since they moved to the Big Ten. Right? They should have never moved. They, they, they had one they year. They, they had Compton's senior year that they were in the Big Ten championship. They lost. That was the year that and Wisconsin that, had three lost all the recruits to Big Ten yeah. teams. Well, they were never gonna, never gonna be able to compete in recruiting think, in the Big Ten. Think about they were competed like in the Big Twelve. I've said this a couple times on the show. They recruited in the Big Twelve very well because they could go to Texas and say the furthest you ever have to go is a home game. Otherwise, we're playing twenty minutes from your house and fifteen minutes from your house and an hour from your house. 
they were able to pull guys from Texas and Oklahoma and the talent pool. You can't pull Pennsylvania boys away from Penn State. You're not pulling anybody from Ohio or Michigan to go play at Nebraska nope. and go stare That's at a bunch of corn for four years. And think happening. about yeah, think about like this. Like if they were in the Big Twelve currently, they'd probably be a middle of the road team. They would be a seven and six team. They would be along the road. They could beat up probably on these bad teams weekly. And, and they would always have that win against Kansas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. they would be halfway relevant. And when you're halfway relevant, you get somewhere eventually, right? Like, like it just takes time. But this is as as low as you go. The bar was low, but my God, you lowered it. (laughs) Just when I thought you couldn't do any, you couldn't be any stupider. You You go and do something like this. It's it's amazing. And you couldn't beat guys. You know Northwestern halfway through the fourth quarter was thinking about the calculus they were having to do on the plane ride back. And think about this. Nebraska last year beat this team by 30. Yeah. The line was 10 and a half, Jimmy. 10 and a half. I took plus 10 and a half. I was like, oh, there's no fucking way they got it. I couldn't believe believe that they put Northwestern as the underdog. (laughs) I know, I know what happened, and I know that Nebraska should beat them. Uh, that quarterback, too, he talked a big game in the offseason and went on busting with the boys and was like, yeah, no, we know what we're doing here. Like, we're finally ready to take that next step pick in one of the most oh. critical situations you could ever have. Basically threw it directly to Pat Fitzgerald's clone that he has playing middle linebacker because he took his helmet off and he's got the buzz cut, no neck, and he's just like – sports and math that's the only ball that i've ever caught in my entire 26 years of life oh, you can't God, beat that guy it's so funny it really is and and we can laugh at this because we're because i'm kind of a cu fan i have a new allegiance by the way i'll get to it here in a moment a new allegiance for this year college football i'll tell you here in a moment but um because because it, it's a team that's been around a little bit and, and i think they're back maybe they're back maybe they're not back that's all that's all i'll say but you have to stick around for that but man right. cu in nebraska like i said cu would walk over this team right mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look, not walk over them, but but keep it close <laughs> and then win a final possession game. Yeah, exactly. Think about this. The last time these two teams played was 2016. We were one of we're one of the nine single digit losses that they've had in the last two years. That's we are. CU is one of those teams in Nebraska. Also, it was yeah, home. yeah. And you don't think that was so much fun watching and watching them all lose their mind over it? I don't even it fucking was, care about CU, but it was beautiful. Like yeah. I said. It's look, look. We talk about Lakers fans. We talk about Cowboys fans being delusional. We talk about Knicks fans being delusional. I don't think anything tops Nebraska fans. Every Nico, single they're year, they're not Jenny, delusional. You know, every stands, single year, you can't be delusional back. if you're too stupid to understand that your take is wrong. You know, the N stands for knowledge in Nebraska. That's why. That's why they're so miserable. Is that they're so stupid? They talk themselves into this is our year every single year, and then. Well, history repeats itself. Oh, you get smacked oh. in the face with the same book. And look, and look, we're joking about their knowledge. This is a true statement. I read this on Twitter. So in, in Ireland, there's an N on, on, on cars of novice drivers. Yes, that's a word <laughs> in Nebraska, novice. That means new drivers. Yeah, for you. It means not People, good. Not good. And they have an N that looks like the red N. I saw a Nebraska fan be like, wow, there's a lot of Nebraska fans over here. This is like the 10th car I've seen. Oh, and, and, and in the comments being like, 
that's that's uh, that's a state law <laughs> or that's a country law that ireland has that that novice drivers have to put an nl on their car back of their car <laughs> and it oh, looks it's, like the perfect, it's the perfect example of just like american amerocentrism just like oh wow Ireland loves Nebraska football. Of course they love Nebraska football. Of course they love Nebraska football, right? Go and Nebraska. The, the Irish people are like, no, no we've been no. fighting the Britain, the Britons, the British for our independence for the last 30 years. I don't care about Nebraska football. <laughs> and has nothing to do with that. Dumb ass, you stupid American. It's everything you could have wanted in, in week zero, right? I just said so. Because week zero is for teams. Because look, I, I bet. I won a lot of money on Bundesliga and college football this this last past weekend. Because college football, you bet on two things in week zero. One, how good the program is because we don't know who the hell is playing. Don't ask me a name of the player on either team because I don't know a name of the player on the team. So you bet on the program. You bet on bet on who's home, who's away. And this one where it's a neutral site, I'm betting on Northwestern absolutely against those chums. Oh, it was – I could have told you last week. I know we didn't record last week, but I would have said it outright that, that that before the game, I could have said Nebraska has a chance to lose this game. I would have said it. I said I'm taking the spread because I'm not an idiot because I like winning money, but I should have took the money line at that point because that's how confident I was that Nebraska was going to do something stupid. At the at the risk of pissing off the spirits, I will say we've kind of come full circle. Remember the far end of the bench curse where every team that we talked about last season in the top 10 or that we said was going to be a lock ended up losing the week after that we talked about them. So I would say maybe, stay maybe away back. <laughs> stay away from Northwestern for at least a couple weeks. Make sure that yeah, that isn't they're partying a real already thing. too much. Yeah. Uh, Illinois, already. Illinois, let's talk about that game because we kind of oh, I mentioned wow. it on on my podcast appearance for uh, with Fat Boy Fadeaway. We kind of claim Wyoming just because of the three hour drive from where we are to Laramie's campus. So it's close enough. It it basically counts and you know, Wyoming likes to get recognized every now and then. They're like, oh, yeah, you remember I'm still here. All of so, you guys come up here for Shine Frontier Days, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys like the Cowboys and the Country Singers and the Tight Jeans. That's right. Uh, That's right. Illinois, Brett Bielema, in his first uh, first game of the season, Illinois puts it together and big win, 38-6. to six. Not surprising because this is, this is what should happen. This is a mid – mid-major conference going up against a team in the Big Ten. Even though it's Illinois, (laughs) if you listen to last Friday's bonus episode with Kendrick, he even said, like, while he was at Illinois, they never really put it together, but they were getting close, and they always have the talent. Like they always do. They always have have a few. Illinois, yeah, Illinois has players that go to the next level all the time at all phases of the game, so they should be good, and they their team that beat Penn State last year, if you remember, they went to like six overtimes and ended up beating the Nittany Lions. So it it was a good start for them, and they did exactly what they were supposed to. Wyoming looks even worse than what I was anticipating. I was was not prepared to see – I was not prepared to see whatever they thought that was. I was – I remember Wyoming – they ended up winning against uh, – it was probably Akron. They were one of the teams that really screwed me over in the college bowl pick them and ended up having – letting Dom sneak in. And I was like, oh, they, they played well. Like, they they stood up yeah, and, hard, and yeah. fought the entire time. And, no, you muster two field goals, I think probably like four first downs as a team the entire game and get absolutely – it looked, like, it, it looked like I turned on the PS3 for a second and was playing just a random exhibition matchup. That's how – ridiculous this game was i guess a bottom feeder too like a, a team illinois that's... yeah illinois is nowhere close it's not competing uh, for a big illinois in the yeah. 90 late 90s early 2000s 
maybe was competing for a Big Ten championship for like a span of three years. They were like Eddie George's kryptonite when he was at Ohio State. Ever since then, it's they're just there. They just exist. They're like, that's his school. In all honesty, Illinois should be a school in the Big Ten that Nebraska goes and beats up on. Yes, it should. That's be, what they're supposed well to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen this year. It's going to be a one possession loss, and Illinois is going to get that win when they if they do play. Um, we talked about the lock first fear lock of the week. Nevada wins uh twenty three twelve over New Mexico State. I honestly did not watch a second of the game and did not don't know a word of or name a, a player on each team. Here we not, go. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Let's see. I cannot name a player on each team, and I still lose the lock. I'm sure that this name is gonna. Oh, Toa Tawa. Toa Tawa. That's that's wow. the name that I want you to remember for Nevada. 19 carries, 109 yards, and uh, he had 5.7 yards a carry. Toa Tawa. T-O-A-T-A-U-A. He used all the vowels. All I know is that they <laughs> used they, all of them. That Carson Strong left and that the coach went somewhere else too. And I was like, I don't care. That's why it was not at seven and a half. Oh, thank you. Oh, their much. quarterbacks Sorry, were god awful. They had two yeah. kids play. One of them was seven for 12, the other one was seven for eleven. They mustered a total of 78 yards. This was, this was a week zero game through and through. This was awful. I, you are not the only person that did. They probably there was probably a ton of people who bet on this game and then didn't watch this game because they knew exactly what they were getting. It was me. It was a twelve o'clock game too. It was a ten o'clock here. No one watched. It was a patent twelve hours of dark, but no one would want to watch it basically. And it was a lock. It was a lock. Like I said, New Mexico State is not good at sports. Uh, no, and, and let's talk about who is your new team? Who's your new affiliation for college football? Because we're going to start getting into week one back. matchups. I'm coming back. I hate doing it. I'm back, baby. Yep, I know. I'm coming back. The U is back, baby. I'm full board. I need a team, okay? You, you, I don't remember, have... how, you remember how last year I was telling – a couple weeks ago I said when Dom was telling us that he picked the Jets to beat the Broncos because of preseason games, and I was like, the only time in my – broadcasting career i wanted to stop somebody from themselves and save them was that time this is this goes on that list here. yeah this one this one goes on that list also <laughs> I, I look look I, I look for people that aren't watching on youtube i hold up the u and look i don't have a team let's let's be honest here again i don't have a team cu is so pitiful i don't even want to envy it and miami is, as mario crystal ball cool he's back they, they they they're ranked in the top 20 that's cool they're back and, and, and you know what? I we went to, we 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 went to their uh, uh, campus uh, two two or three straight years, and I, I loved being on that campus. I thought it was so awesome. I thought it was cool their facilities and and the history of it. So you know what? That's my and I and I hate doing it, Jimmy. I'm not gonna love myself for it, but I'm doing it. So that's my team this year because I don't want to bandwagon Alabama. I'm not gonna ban. I'm, I'm look. I'm not bandwagoning a good team. All right. I'm bandwagoning a team that probably won't do anything. That's the key thing, Jimmy. It probably won't do anything. So that's why it's okay to bandwagon. I'm not. I'm not Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. I'm Kevin Durant joining the Brooklyn Nets that were good at one point and they have some promising, but they're not going to do anything ever. So that's why it's okay. I am uh, not basing this also, this fanness off of uh, 
um, um, me thinking that they're going to be good. Let's be honest here. I don't think they will be. So it's not that I'm delusional, Jimmy. I'm not dumb over here picking the Jets to be good. <laughs> I'm saying Miami's probably going to be bad, but I need some allegiance so I don't look like an idiot this year. Because you have your Oklahoma State. You have mm. you you have some schools that you you just die hard. Be All like, the schools I that I beat everybody with in NCAA. Yeah, Let's exactly. So you know with. what? Um, I'll bandwagon the hell out of the bad. Not bad program, but a one-storied program. Yeah, it's interesting. Miami is an interesting school because um, they're really small and their academic standards are really high. So Very high. They, it's Very difficult high. for them to recruit even their own area. And the way that they've always been able to get around it is they basically give track scholarships and then you play football in the fall. So they should have Joe or Michael Irvin and, and uh, uh, Ray Lewis give a motivational speech. And, yeah, or and try to catch the door. <laughs> what people, if people don't remember, that was what they did after their first NCAA sanctions. You haven't seen the two thirty for thirties on Miami. I've watched both of them so many times that I'm like an expert on that whole situation. Yeah, uh, Santana Moss stuff. was Santana Moss, uh, Reggie Wayne, and there was one other big receiver that I can't think of. Oh. Um, Andre Johnson, the guy who beat up, beat the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. All those three guys weren't on football scholarships. They were on track scholarships. They weren't supposed to technically be there because Miami's football team was being punished and they found the loophole and, and it worked for them because they ended up winning a, um, a national championship yeah. with that team. Um, I don't hate it. I, I also just like, I like to play the two live crew song when you talk about Miami because that's, that's Luther Campbell was. So you talk about us going down to Miami and for all those youth camps, Luther Campbell was one of the big reasons why, because he was the one who ran the uh, Pop Warner League out there in yep. South Florida. So when we would go down and play Plantation and Pembroke Pines, it was all of his teams that we ended up playing. And they do love their football. A little bit too football. much. They bet on youth football. <laughs> yeah, and they had that big ass. They had a bigger stadium they were playing their youth games at than we played in our high school games. And we, we go to the biggest high school in Colorado. Yeah, that's it, it's that's that's just football in, in the south. That's just how it is, especially in mm-hmm. Florida too, where it's it's a it's a cult. Like that's it's the best way to play. And like I said, I am not picking it because I think they're gonna win. So don't yeah. hate me. Don't hate me, everyone. I think it's just a bandwagon pick, so I can have a team, all right. Um, let's talk about some of the big matchups that we have coming up for week one. A uh, couple ranked matchups. First one, uh, 130 on ABC, 11 ranked Georgia, 11 ranked Oregon takes on number three ranked Georgia, the defending national champions. I was surprised that Georgia was ranked as three. I've been hearing a lot of people pick Ohio State as their national championship pick. I don't know how you don't look at Georgia or Alabama and go, these are the two. These two might end up meeting in the national championship again. It's a possibility that we all have to prepare ourselves for. I think Georgia is going to prove it's going to be similar to what we saw against Clemson last year because Oregon isn't great. Oregon's going to be kind of rebuilding, same way Clemson was last season. And Georgia's offense might not be able to score, but Georgia's defense was the, all the points that they needed last season. Again, and, and, in their, and in their look, week one opener. We're not lying here. They lost a lot. They did. They did. But – and look, we're talking about the guy whose fandom I just picked over. Mario Cristobal is not Oregon anymore. This, we're no. talking about a brand new coach team having to face the national championship champions in League One. Mm-hmm. The line right now is sitting at 17. I don't take those lines 
unless it's Alabama. Um, let's just be honest here. I don't take minus 17 odds unless it's Alabama. That's just that's just my rule of thumb. But my word, I I think this could get ugly fast. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think I think Oregon is going to not be able to keep up defensively at all. I think this... I think I think Georgia will play their tough football game. And that's just – and Oregon's going to try to run up and down the field. And they're going to get popped a few times, and I think it'll be doomsday. Like, I hate saying that, but – Oregon's I, offense doesn't work unless they're faster than everybody else on the field. And when you play against an SEC team, you learn really quick that yeah, you are not that – as fast as you think you are, you're not that fast. Everybody can keep up with you when you're playing against SEC competition. This screams – you remember when Michigan – played Alabama in one of the week one kickoffs a couple years ago at a neutral site game. I don't know if I don't think this one is neutral site. Uh, No, this one is playing. They're playing it in the uh, basically it is, but it's not really, it's playing in Atlanta. So not Athens, but it's Georgia. So going to be loud. It's going to be a Georgia heavy crowd. And Oregon is, they're going to get, yeah, they're going to get their doors blown off before they even get to the stadium. That's I hope they cover. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for a cover and a good game, but I just cannot see that happening. Like I really can't like, it's unfortunate, but that's where these two programs are at right now. Like I said, Oregon was a team that everyone at some point were like, this is a team that could be the team. Like it could, they have a chance at national championship when they had Mariota. They were the Pac-12's best chance yeah, last year until they, they shit the bed down the stretch. Exactly. So, and like I said, they could be the third best team in the Pac-12 this year, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they're better than USC, which I don't think they will be, I think, and I definitely don't think they'll be better in Utah. So, I, like I said, that's, that's pushing it. Third best team in the Pac-12 this, against the national champions? No, that's not going to happen. They're ranked. I think that's a pity ranking, giving them number eleven. That's more based on what they were ranked last season, and it's not really what they have coming in into week yeah. one. I think that one's going to get it was, ugly quickly. It was, it was more of a uh, your Oregon, so let's give you this ranking kind of thing. Like, yeah, you, like like you, we know we know you're not going to stay there. You're a team that will bump everyone up, but let's we just, just got to make Georgia's record and strength gotta, of schedule look yeah. a little bit better. We gotta so they're going to be a top. They're gonna make. They're gonna beat a top fifteen team in week one, but we all know you weren't really a top fifteen team. Yeah, we all know you weren't. So that's and like I said, I, I don't think they. I think they cover, but I'm not betting that way. That's just all I'll say. One that I think is interesting, and it's actually going on at that same time that I think will be a, a lot better of a game is Cincinnati Arkansas. Cincinnati uh, after their college football playoff appearance, they're coming into this season ranked twenty third. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their number one corner. They still have Luke Fickle, and remember, they are getting ready to move into a Power 5 conference. They're, if the Big 12 is still going to exist in another couple of years, I think they start in the Big 12 next season is their first first year there. So they should – all of the talk about the group of five versus the Power 5 in this matchup should be out the window, yeah. technically. You should be at this point when you're a year away from going into your Power 5 conference, you should be ready to take that step and we should see Cincinnati go have another 12 and 0 undefeated season and should be pushing for playoff consideration again. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing about this matchup though, is Arkansas is a, a sneaky, sneaky, fundamentally sound and a team, especially when they're playing at home could be a, a nightmare for people to deal. They're with. a nightmare to everybody. In this seat. Whenever the, whenever Arkansas comes on the schedule, doesn't matter if it's Alabama, doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, Auburn or Georgia, they see that and they're like, Fuck, we gotta go down there. Mm-hmm. Look, Arkansas is not a team that's gonna win the SEC. It's, they're not, but they're a team that everyone's like, "Fuck, we gotta go play them." That's just that's yeah. just the style of football that they play. No well, one I mean, think about it. it. There's nothing else for people to do in in Fayetteville. 
So everybody on Saturday goes to the, the Razorback games, and this is going to be a huge test for Fickle and Cincinnati on the road week one going to SEC territory against a team that I think is – that's one of the rankings that I do agree with. Arkansas might even be able to be a little bit higher because they only had three losses in a very tough SEC schedule last year. They're, they are near the top echelon of at least the SEC West division and 19th for them makes total sense. So this could be a signature win for this season for Cincinnati, or we could be seeing Cincinnati fall out of the top 25 with a loss. It's, it's crazy. Like I said, this team was a number four seed, right? In the playoff last year, they're out to 24. Obviously they lost so much like losing, losing, losing a riddle, Riddler. Ritter. Ritter, wow. Not the Riddler. The Riddler, the Riddler was in the losing, Batman. Losing Ritter, losing Sauce Gardner, you name it. Like, they lost a lot of bodies. They did. So, yeah. and and dropping 24, if you're Luke Fickle, you got to get the boys rallied, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to be like, look at, look at what they're doing to you, right? We finally get a chance to show ourselves. Obviously, we weren't ready for Bama, but maybe we were ready for Alabama's little brother, <laughs> right? This is your chance mm-hmm. to show that the Big 12 could be something in a few years, right? When Oklahoma and Texas leave, this is going to be your conference. The 12 will be your conference, right? You're going to be the team that would be like, man, like this is our chance to show ourselves that the Big 12 can be something. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, you say against Arkansas, people are going to be like, Big 12's dead. Yeah, like, like, it's like, going to go. I, like, I don't want to say this is a Big 12 do or die game, but it almost is. And it's funny because they're not even in that conference. They're not yet. even in it. Like, like when, when Oklahoma and Texas leave or two years or next year or however long it is, Cincinnati will run the conference, and, and if you can't be a middle-of-the-road Arkansas team and you get beat like you did against Alabama in the college football playoff, no one's going to take the Big 12 seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and more than it already doesn't, right? More than it already doesn't. Any chance at, at, at respectability that conference may have after, after the big dogs leave may be gone. And, and I know it's weird saying this, week one of the college football season, but that's, that's, that's the way it is, unfortunately, because of the landscape of college football right now they'll be able to get themselves back and probably move up into at least the top 15 if they do lose this week. But we're not talking, obviously, they can't make the college football playoffs still being in in the AAC unless they're undefeated. And when they get into their conference schedule, they're going to have to be putting on huge performances and big shows. Uh, I'll go, I'll give you the Pac-12's do or die game here. Number seven, Utah going to the swamp. They're a three-point favorite going into Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators under Billy Napier, his first year there. If you don't know who that is, he was the one who was coaching the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and they got a bowl victory last season and won the Sun Belt Conference. So did great things at that program. And now he's tasked with turning around the once great Florida Gators program. It hasn't been relevant since uh, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez and Percy Harvin were toting the rock for those guys. When, when, when's, when's the last, obviously I don't have the sample up. When's the last time Florida was an at home underdog against a non-conference opponent? opponent? Uh, never. A, I, would, a, I would guess almost never. Like, Unless almost it's maybe never. a Clemson or, or a Florida state. A long, really good long in, the AC, in the ACC. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, been since the 2000s. It's been a very long, very long time. And I'll be honest with you. I hammered Utah two and a half. I did. I did. I think Utah really? could be. Yeah, I think Utah is a lot more grittier, a lot tougher. And and look, I because I think Utah has the best chance at representing the Pac-12. As much as as much as we joke about the Pac-12 being dead and, and basically about to go under, 
I would love to see Utah at least get a little bit of bright to this conference, right? Like, like think about it. I would love to see a Pac-12 team in there outside of the Big 12. Think about it. Everybody's wanting to leave the Big 12. Pac-12, I have some allegiances to because he was in there and going to the conference, whatever. Like, conference champions, whatever. Like, like I think that, that Utah could be a team that sneaks in the top one. Everyone is very, very high on Utah because of the amount of returning starters they have and a good, tough football program they have. And right now, under Billy Napier, we don't know what they're going to be. Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, good program. The coach, Billy Napier, did a great job with that team. But like we saw with Scott Frost, these smaller school coaches aren't necessarily always ready for the big-time schools, right? They're not always ready for the limelights of a week one matchup against a top-10 team in the country. It may take a couple weeks. It may take a couple years for Florida to get back to where they are. I don't think they do it right away. So that's why I'm taking Utah to an app. I hate doing it on the road, but that's how confident I am in this Utah team. Um, I, I did not see that coming. I thought that I know we were going to be in, in lockstep there. I'll tell you right now, I see that seven next to Utah, and I know Utah plays in the Pac-12, and I just laugh. I would be giggling, especially if I'm an SEC team taking – Billy Napier now in his first game as the Florida head coach gets to go, look at the disrespect everybody has for you. This is the swamp. This is one of, it's the, one of the worst venues to go to. Like I, I would never go watch a game in Gainesville. Even if I was at Florida, I would just never do it. There's no air conditioning. It's hot. And the sun sits directly on you, no matter where you're sitting in the stadium. But this is a historical venue in college football. This is a historical program. And they're going to say that this team from Utah that got a bogus seventh ranking preseason is going to come in here and they're a three-point favorite on the road? Okay, I would take that. And and I think we're going to see – the one thing about Billy Napier teams is that they always were aggressive and physical. And one thing that Pac-12 is not aggressive nor physical. I would argue Utah is not going to be – Utah is a little bit of an exception. I but if you're Utah, physical yeah. in the Pac-12, you're like the the third Roll most the physical team. Else, yeah, it's it's not the same. And same thing that I said with uh, Oregon. You're not going to be faster than anybody on Florida. They're going to have every single athlete to be able to cover you up. Remember, two years ago, they were undefeated. It was a top-10 matchup, them versus Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson in 2019. That was a marquee matchup, and that was they had Kyle Trask at quarterback. They almost they, they almost pulled that off. I think that they're going to be able to to step up at home, and this is a, a prime time matchup. There, it'll be seven p.m. Florida time. People are going to be drunk. The it's going to be loud, and Utah is going to be like uh, I'm not in Mormon country anymore, and I have no idea what I'm supposed I, to be doing. I guess that's the first disagree we'll have this week. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the first the first line of, of going against each other. It's yeah. good to it's good to have that. Uh, I, I, I'm not that. gonna I'm not gonna take the line. I would take Florida to win outright. I don't think that it, it, it two and a half plus two and a half, yeah, you have to take the outright. Like yeah. plus two and a half, like that that's good to take in preseason football. Because yeah, it's not because it's, it's not enough fact, not enough wiggle room. No, it's not good enough for that, no. So yeah, uh, does Utah, like Florida, you take money Utah State, do they have any shot against Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> What's the line at? 40 something now? 41 and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> over under is 60. So the, the point spread is Alabama minus 41 and a half. The over under is 62 and a half. <laughs> they think that Alabama is going to score 50 points. <laughs> and Utah State is going to get a touchdown and push it over like 62. <laughs> oh, man. That's just, I've... 
And that's the the reigning Mountain West Conference champion in Utah State, and they just had a big win last weekend in yeah. Week Zero. Oh man, I... Alabama! Alabama is the fun story to talk about this year too, because they had a down year last year, losing in the national championship, but they had another conference championship. And Nick Saban, he's still the only coach that can say in his entire time here, if you played for me you've won a national championship. Exactly. We'll keep bringing that stat up to beat a dead horse because that's how, how crazy that sounds. Because he continues to beat the dead horse of college football. Exactly. So He refuses to, to let up. We refuse to let up on him. I hate doing 41 and a half covers, Jimmy. I do. Because at some point, Nick Saban's like, I feel bad for these poor people. Yeah. <laughs> right? He just He's going to give over like – like uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's like, "Hey, uh, who's my quarterback? You come over here. You call the plays for the fourth quarter. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer and a hot dog." At some point, I'm betting on the, the fucking third stringers, right, to cover, yeah. and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm already, no, I'm, I'm already, I'm already blindly betting on college football, not knowing half these players, more than half these players. You really think I'm going to bet on Alabama's third string to cover forty and a half? <laughs> I they don't think even, so. They didn't even put Alabama on TV for that one. They're on the SEC network. They're not even on cable television for, for that game. So they're they're not thinking anything's going to happen. That's like – I remember a couple of years ago they opened up the season at the Citadel, and the Citadel had a lead at halftime. And Nick Saban, that was one of his epic meltdowns where he broke his headset in half, and then they came out and I think scored 60 points 40 on in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, no, the real marquee matchup of the weekend, obviously it's Notre Dame and Ohio State. It's a top-five matchup. Notre Dame gets the fifth ranking. They're going to be under the new head coach now, no longer under Brian Kelly. Um, it shouldn't be that much of a difference. The guy that's the head coach now has been the defensive coordinator for the last few years, and the team celebrated. Also, maybe it's an upgrade. Yeah, the team celebrated pretty hard when he was when he was promoted. Um, Ohio State, number two ranking nationally. C.J. Stroud is coming back. Obviously, they got the win in the Rose Bowl. Last season, Ryan Day it was a down season for them too. They lost. Actually, they didn't even make the losing to Michigan because it's a down season. That's one reason yeah. why. They, that, that's why they. Had you, a down if you don't think that they are motivated, no Big Ten by, championship. If you don't think they're motivated by Michigan getting in the last four, not them this year, then you'll be strongly mistaken. I cannot wait for. That's the bad thing is that it's all the way in Thanksgiving weekend. But I cannot wait for the game this year. I think there's going to be so much bad blood, and I can't wait to see. Isn't it in Michigan this year? It would no. Oh, no, it was, was in Michigan last year, so it's going to be in the shoe. Oh. It will be in the horseshoe. Yeah, we're going to see if Harbaugh can actually win in Columbus. <laughs> um, but this weekend, Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Notre Dame lost a lot of NFL talent that I think they're going to really miss out on. And Kyle Hamilton is the main piece, too. Like, yeah. They lost a lot of dogs. Ian, well, Ian Buck was gone two years ago, so they have a returning starter. Like they, 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 no, they don't because it was Jack Cohn from Michigan or Wisconsin last year. He was a graduate transfer, oh, so they're going to have a new quarterback, a um, lot of new skill positions, and their defense lost its number one leader in Kyle Hamilton. So I think that they kind of got set up to fail. We've always been talking about how they have cupcake schedules because they're not in the conference, so they get to pick and choose, and they normally pick and choose not good teams. This was – I don't know who scheduled this one for Notre Dame. I can guarantee you it wasn't one of the people affiliated with the Fighting Irish. They were probably pissed off that they got booted from the Ireland game in week zero. They would have much rather taken on Nebraska or something yeah, like imagine, that in Ireland. I'll imagine that. Game. That would have been, been even worse for Nebraska. Here's, here's the crazy thing. What do you think the line is sitting at right now? For I, number I five versus number two. 17 I, I know, and a half. 
I know the lines I made. They're not 17 and like, a half for Ohio State. And you're not going to like which way I went. <laughs> I think I, I know that you think they're probably going to cover. Right? I think they are going to cover. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't like it, but I think they are going to cover because I think Notre Dame has a little more respect um, than Nebraska does covering, <laughs> covering football games. So I think that they lose. I do think they lose, but I think Notre Dame plays a good enough defensive game to a point where they can cover. I'm not saying that they're going to tear up Ohio State defense because I don't think so. But I think this is going to be like a 28-17 to 17 game. Does what? it scare you at all that most of the time Notre Dame in their first game looked like absolute garbage? You remember last season they almost yeah. lost to Florida State who couldn't keep a quarterback healthy, and then they had Mackenzie Milton make his Disney Channel, Disney Plus debut? I know, I know, I know. But you got to remember that's Brian Kelly. Yeah, it is different. It is different, but it is going to be. Is it going to be that different? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of Notre Dame. My new allegiance to, Notre Dame, to Miami should mean that I hate Notre Dame. Yeah, they, you hate the Catholics. The, I hate the, the convicts. Convicts, convicts up, Catholics life, down. But, but yeah, no, I, I don't know why, but I think Notre Dame covers. <laughs> I, I hate doing it, but I think they do. I think Ohio State. Set themselves up really well to win all. I think they do. I think I think they are pissed off of what happened last year in Michigan. I think they're so pissed off. I think that they're, Ryan Day is going to have those boys buzzing. And I think that they're going to go on a run. But I see Notre Dame covering. I hate, like I said, I hate doing it, but I don't know why. I see Notre Dame at least making it halfway interesting at halftime. I don't think they're way interesting at halftime. I can see, but it's it's the third quarter where I think things. I think that's where the wheels fall off. That, when, when, when I'm betting a 17-and-a-half-point spread, if, it, if I think it's going to be halfway interesting at halftime, that means they're going to cover, right? If it's halfway interesting at halftime, there's, unless you're out of being I guess I said it all, you're more than likely not going to put up two, three touchdowns and, and a quarter. So yeah. that's, that's why I think the cover will be there. But like I said, I'm very high on Ohio State this year. And Notre Dame, like I said, Notre Dame wants to sh- this is another game. Notre Dame wants any shot at the at the final four, you have to win this game. Mm-hmm. No, they you have, have to your be, statement. They have to be hundred, they have to be perfect. You, you can't ha- you have to be perfect, perfect. And this is your statement win. You win this mm-hmm. game and you go undefeated, you're in the college football playoff. Congratulations. They can they can they can lock you in as a final four candidate if you win this game. Might because be basically, yeah, maybe a one or two seed at that point. They can circle you in as that. You go into Ohio State and win it at the shoe, that is as big of a statement victory as you want. And if you're and you and you see the 17 and a half spread, I think it's gonna get them buzzing. I don't think they'll win, but I think it's gonna get them buzzing to a point where it'll be interesting. That's why I don't like, like I said, that's why I don't like 17 and a half. I don't like that at all. It's really big for week one. I mean, even even especially two ranked teams, the top yeah, five. Yeah. Even though I do think Ryan Day is going to outcoach a, a first-time head coach on the other sideline, I can't think of the guy's name. That's why I could just keep saying first-time head coach for the Notre Dame guy. Win a couple games, uh, and maybe I'll, I'll remember your name next time. But uh, it just it doesn't seem like – it seems feasible that Ohio State should be able to, to cover that, but also there's going to be – you can't rely on 22-year-old kids to play mistake-free football. 18 to 22-year-old kids always make mistakes. Everything, especially week one, two, week zero, one, two, and three, that's where you're expecting absolute chaos. And then afterwards, you have to wait until November when the action starts playing on Tuesday for absolute chaos. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's everybody, and it's early, and it's often 
this this point of the year in college football. Um, Florida State LSU. That's going to be the Sunday night matchup, five thirty on ABC. It's going to be Brian Kelly's first uh, his debut as the head coach of LSU. I don't even know if Florida State has anymore. That pro talk about a program that has died. I really hope that Florida State is able to pull off an upset because I, I can't. I, do too, I cannot stand Brian Kelly. Cannot stand I, him, Jimmy. I do too, but I, I cannot. I don't see how it how it's possible. I really don't. Uh, it's the All State Louisiana kickoff, so they're playing in the Superdome in New Orleans. So it's going to be all LSU people. LSU is only favored by three. So there's that. There's that. They have that call for them, right? So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm taking that game. I can't Jordan remember. Travis threw for 207 yards last week. Florida State played in week zero, and they got a win. They had a running back rush for 130 yards. So, it may be, may be competitive for a grip. Uh, I really don't know what to expect no, out of that game. I, and I'm then not, the, the final the game that's going to be played on Labor Day, Monday night, Clemson is number four. They are trying to turn themselves around also after a down year going 10 and 2. With Tyo, what? DJ Uyagalale. Yeah, that's is he still there? Yeah, he's still yeah, there. Yeah, he, I think this is his senior year, or this is the year that he becomes draft eligible. So he might be trying to to really step himself up. Georgia Tech's interesting to me because they finally got away from the triple option offense. That coach oh, finally no. retired. Yeah. No. But I don't like that, Jimmy. That I know you don't. They it, cover. it does hurt. It they does hurt. Medic, but cover Georgia Tech has Georgia Tech has the athletes. They should have not. They should have adapted to college football a long time ago. They might have been a little bit more relevant. Um, it, I think it would have helped them quite a bit, especially being right in the heart of Atlanta. They have so much talent all around them, yet nobody so wants much. to play in a triple option offense. You have DT. DT is probably the only receiver that can play in a triple Calvin option offense Johnson. and play. Yeah, Calvin Johnson also. That doesn't help. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the two. Megatron, yeah. Yeah, you have to be either nicknamed Megatron or be Demarius Thomas, who's six foot three, can run a four five forty and is chiseled from granite. To be, to be so if you have if you have those two yeah. things, then you can be relevant from Georgia Tech, especially when they're running the uh, <clears throat> the wing T. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Let's oh, transition before, now. I have my lock of the week. Because oh, you have a lock I went one last week. I might as well do it every week. My lock of the week is Penn State minus two and a half against Purdue. I think they roll over Purdue. Two and a half is mm. way too easy. I think that's a lock. Like, I the, the spoiled Kings last season, Purdue. I know, I know, I know. I took Penn State. We should change their name to the Spoiler Makers. I, I maybe I listened too much Kirk Herbstreit on Pat McAfee's show, <laughs> but, but, but he said Penn State is a sleeper team. So that, that could make uh, some noise in the Big Ten. So I, mean, I, I saw – I had him on mute when he was talking, but I saw I, – I, I, Yeah, I took that with – They were playing can. a Penn State highlight reel when he was talking. I and this know. is a guy that's Ohio State and that hates Penn State, so that must mean something. So that's why I took the two and a half. Let's see if I can go – if I can stay hot. <laughs> he went Joe Buck so quick. You could barely even tell that he went to Ohio State anymore. He went full-on national broadcaster. I can't even tell who he roots for. He doesn't. He shows no bias whatsoever. He's a perfect It's better runner. that way. It technically is better that way. It's supposed to be how you do it, but it's very difficult to get to that point, especially if you're a competitive person. To me, that just means that he wasn't as competitive as he says he was when he was I playing. Still think I'm never going to call a man, man out like that, but – I think he's a hell of a commentator. I honestly like him on Thursday yeah, Night Football. I'm I really glad that they're making the, the NCAA game again, and I've been hearing rumors that they're doing live commentary with him and uh, I believe it's going to be Fowler 
as well. Oh, yeah. He does his prime That's time games. That's good with me. Uh, and look, I, I love college football game day. Everyone does, but man, how sad it was. Was it Lee Corso trying to do that? That's oh. That's it tough. wasn't, That's yeah. Really Did you see the meme That's that tough. I saw going around? You remember the scared, beyond scared straight when they like wake up the kid and he's grabbing his jacket and he's crying, and he's scared. There, I saw ESPN waking up Lee Corso on his 87th birthday for college game day. Like, God, yeah. Oh, I, I thought last year it was going to be his, his farewell tour. He shouldn't have come back after they went virtual for COVID, if we're yeah, being oh, honest. Man. I, uh, I, it's, it's, it was tough. I to feel see. bad for the people who don't understand how, how great, great Lee Corso was, was on College Game Day. He, 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 he used to be what made it fun. Great, yeah. yeah, he used to be what made it worth watching. You would get up. Who gets up at six a.m. on a Saturday? Yeah, no one does. <laughs> Nobody does, except everybody who wants to get up and watch Lee Corso ramble on about uh, the Florida State triple <laughs> Florida State offense for an hour and a half before they have kickoff hey. at ten a.m. And, and our generation, like watching college football, that was our that was our youth. Like shooting, watching him shoot the cannon, loaded cannon up up in the air in Oklahoma with the Sooner, and Kirby mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. he him not him him not noticing that it was loaded. <laughs> How either. many times do you think that he did something with the mascots and Kirk had no idea, and Kirk just had to be like, what the, fuck? this old guy is gonna shoot me in the face do? with a musket. This is how I'm dying today. Like I said, look, there's a there's an ESPN documentary about Lee Corso about the head gear and everything, but I highly recommend that if you didn't know about him, that you just need to watch because it's hilarious. He was a, like he's he's a, he's a national treasure. It's unfortunate where he's at right now, but like, do you blame the man? Like he's been college football hall of famer. Yeah, like like he, it's it's unfortunately time to hang him up. I I it's gonna be a sad day when he has to put his final headgear on, but well, I think we're getting close to that. Man, we've lost now Doc Emmerich, Vin Scully, and uh, we're we're close to losing all Lee Corso, close, all within the span of like three seasons. That's all of the voices of our generation. generation that's that's crazy. Oh. Or think about the Brent Musburgers and the Keith Jones too. Those are guys that have come and gone within our lifetimes. Brent Musburger is still calling the Raiders game, so I guess if you're in Vegas, you could listen to yeah, him call Mus- a Raider game and, on the radio. And Musburger is just as t- tough to get along with. After the Agent McCarron incident. That was so the, funny. That was the best, best two minutes of ESPN I have ever watched in my life. Just oh, he's not look, wrong. At, look at how hot his girlfriend is. My, so you want to be the quarterback of Alabama, huh? It's, it's the me. <laughs> look, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But you, you just didn't have to say that. <laughs> you shouldn't. You're supposed to use your your inner monologue when you said that. <laughs> if you awesome. don't know if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're way too young to be listening to the show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you should, the 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 warning at the podcast, the beginning of the podcast, very clearly stated there might be some things that you have no clue what we're talking about. We're talking about and that's on you. If you're listening to this you. and you're if you're one of the kids in my class, do your do your schoolwork. Number one. Make sure that you get your assignment done and also stop listening to the show, please. <laughs> it makes it makes Mr. P feel a lot better when you don't listen That's to the a show. Whole lot better, yeah. Uh, let's transition to uh, the NFL. And before we do, you saw the shirts. I know you saw the shirts. Oh, the absolutely. shirts are available. The shirts are fire. Um, you helped. You had a big hand. That's right. You had a big hand in designing the Broncos one. That's right. Yeah, I will say every now and then I have a really good idea when I'm walking Boomer uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. I was walking him. I was listening to uh, I have like a queue of podcasts because now that I can't listen to him while I'm working, I just listen to him all over the weekend. And I was like, hmm, 
basically every other podcast makes a shirt for the team or like centered around the city. And we haven't really done that. And now we have Variety Sports Network that can actually put it together and, and make them and available for purchase. <laughs> and yeah. nicely help us with, with our oh, and, glasses. And oh, the shirts oh. are beautiful top-notch quality good i wore i wore mine yesterday it's one of the nicer shirts that i own i wore my Bengals one Bengals have returned to the jungle because we're going to return to the promised land and go back to the super bowl it's happening uh it's dilute it's before week one so i can say it now look at the hat that's fucking right look at the hat and you're still uh the broncos have ride or die on the back with uh they're in the old school the blue and blue and orange colors and they're also available the Bengals one is available in black orange and gray the broncos is uh, i believe blue gray and white is the the color options available for the broncos shirt they have if, if if you don't think we're popping out stuff and nugget stuff you are in for one buddy oh this is gonna be a, oh, don't gonna you be worry. every it's time coming around every time that we have a new team starting a season or a big playoff we'll run, something and up. and maybe when we come up with stupid nicknames for people we're gonna start putting that out there because we need to we're we have some we have some top-notch as i was talking to darren and tyler on fat boy fadeaway i'm going to continue to mention it listen to to me on their show at fat boy fadeaway sports uh they were bringing up like little stuff that I don't even catch while we're recording the show. When you and I just get going and we say something stupid and they think it's hilarious. So we're, I'm gonna, as I'm listening back and editing, I'm going to start finding the sayings that we say a lot. Uh, I think one of the ones we initially talked about, I know one of the ones we initially talked about was your uh, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron oh, is LeBron. God, yeah. So I might put, we might need to do a LeBron is LeBron. We have to be careful with some of this. We don't want to get copyrighted. LeBron's yeah. name is a little tough, but yeah, something. It was, it was nice. It, it was like a, a quick little brainstorm session that I had to come up with. What could I be? It's close enough that you understand what I'm talking about, but it's also, if I do get a cease and desist letter, I can be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? We don't know what they're talking about. It's not the Broncos. It's not the Broncos horse. And if if you're my father and is our lawyer, yes, we did not just say that. So yes, we don't. We did not just publicly admit that. So it's a variation of a saying that is not copyrighted. It's not. And the sound that I used on the TikTok and the reel, it's in the app. So I'm not even. I'm not even plagiarizing there. It gives them the credit. It gives the credit that is due. I know my, exactly. I, I had to Just take that class. I had to take that PR media relations class. Um, let's talk about the NFL because we're in the transition by week. We gave ourselves a little bit extra of a summer break, not having a, an episode last week. So we didn't have to talk about the Bills versus the Broncos game. Uh, Which I didn't watch. Honestly, I didn't watch the other last two preseason games. There's been no reason to watch most of these preseason games. The main point of entertainment and the main point of content that people have been talking about has been off of the field. So things to catch up on. Matt Ariza, um, apparently bad guy. Not not punt God no more. Just bad guy. Bad bad guy Matt Ariza. Even... There's no way that there's – you can't even sugarcoat what, what was happening. So if, no. if you don't know the story, the highlights, um, he was 21 and had relations with uh, – yeah, w- at, when he was at San Diego State, had relations with a 17-year-old girl, which is statutory, and that's not, not allowed, even if it was consensual between the two of them. Um, and then apparently the next part of the story was that he kept her in the room and had two of his teammates from San Diego State uh, – not consensually 
have relations with her. So he yeah, is no longer a punter for the Buffalo we'll Bills. We'll never see the league again. So no. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. His, his lawyer did try and come out right away and say, oh, well, this is just a money grab because now that he's in the NFL, which is horse, horse shit, and I can't believe <clears> – <throat> I know that lawyers have to do that, and, and they have a, an obligation to their client to try and spin the story in the best way possible. But that's just a scumbag thing to say, especially with what we know now. And, and that is truly why most of these situations never go reported is because people just assume, like the victims just assume that's what's, what people are going to think is happening. So it's, bad, move, said, bad I, look by the lawyer. Um, it's a bad look by the league. Like it's it's it's. Well, this is I, their reaction to not suspending Deshaun Watson for a requisite amount of time. It's 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 not funny, but it's just interesting how like in a position that is replaceable, right? Punters come and go. Broncos just cut their punter because he didn't take a pay cut. Like punters come and go. It's unfortunate part about it, but it is a position that's replaceable. You, you, you kick a guy to the side after. Look, I'm not saying that he's he's guilty. I'm not saying he's not guilty. But but there hasn't even been a ruling yet on it, and they already released him, which was the right way to do it. But they it just just it, it just shows that a punter is replaceable, and that when it comes to your 400 whatever million dollar quarterback, it doesn't matter. All that can turn aside because he can win you football games. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That's just the way the NFL is, unfortunately. But it's I, been I, that way forever. I mean, when Jimmy Johnson was the the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he had the famous interview where he said, if a third string running back falls asleep in a meeting, he's cut on the spot. I don't even wake him up. By the time he wakes up, everybody else is out of the meeting room. He's just gone. He knows that he has to pack his bag. Emmett Smith falls asleep in the meeting room. I go over, I wake him up and make sure I get him a coffee so he doesn't fall asleep in the meeting again. If you produce, if you are a guy that's a benefit to the team, if you don't take away from the team, distract from the team, you will get your protection. The thing that the bills did not want to have happen is this now causes your punter, your third round punter to have to have press conferences, not for the 84 yard punts that he's able to do. I mean, the, the, the timeline of events is kind of insane. Pat McAfee goes off and calls this dude, one of the best punters, like nobody, even I remember the rant that I saw on, it was on FanDuel's TikTok account because they have that partnership with the, the McAfee show. People with wind at their back, it's still so difficult to punt the ball 84 yards, even at a professional level. And then the week after that, Matt Ariza accused in double rape allegation of a 17-year-old girl while he's at San Diego State. It's, It's really crazy. And look, think about this. The Bills are a team that has one goal in mind, right? Like, they are destined to win a Super Bowl. They're trying to put the backs of Jim Kelly and the city of Buffalo on their backs. It, 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 the last thing you ever want is is your punter to be in the in the in the media. You la- the la- the punter should never ever ever be interviewed after a game. Should yeah. never ever be pulled aside out of locker and say, "Hey, you need to jump up to the podium." That should never happen. And, and, and this situation, like I like said, I I'm, I commend the Bills for doing the right thing. I think the NFL doesn't have to do anything else to him because he's never going to step foot again on the field. It's unfortunate because of the talent he had, but like I said, it is what it is, and at least they did the right thing. Like I said, it's I, I commend because because it makes me feel good. Because like I said, the fucking Browns with what they did it, it pissed everyone off. It's still and the NFL too, off. and the, the NFL, NFL too because they. They only suspended him the 11 games, so now that his return game is Houston. So it, 
they only up the suspension to enough to like make even more drama for when he does come back. I, yeah, it's like I said, different situations, and I get it, it's different, but at least it's a step in the right direction. That's all I like to say. As bad as the situation is, as horrendous as the stories are, at least it's a step in the right direction. That's all we said with the Deshaun Watson thing, right? Just, give me a step, take, in, just give give me the, the step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Just give and the proper at least punishment. the Bills are doing that. Yeah. Um, speaking of a team that we're going from a team that will give the proper punishment, and it just so happens to be the team playing the Bills on opening night on September 8th, the Los Angeles Rams. They need to handle Aaron Donald. Oh, Look, I know that this. I I, I know that I this. sound I know that I, I sound like that guy. This. I sound like that fan. Um, it's not just my team. He grabs he does this to everybody, and oh, that's man. not okay what he was doing. He was wielding two helmets at once. I was You're not supposed this. to touch the guy's face mask. That's a penalty. You can't take a guy's helmet off and hit somebody in the head. Miles Garrett was suspended for a year for that. Uh, okay. I know things. that Aaron Donald is not going to get sanctioned because the league doesn't rule the practices and the joint practices are the team's uh, organization. And we all know, like, there's no way in hell Zach Taylor is going to go to Sean McVay and be like, hey, you should fine and suspend Aaron Donald for week one for for swinging the two helmets at me. And Sean McVay is going to look at him and go, ha, thank you very much, Zach. I don't need to listen to you. And that's the ring that he, that's the finger that he puts a Super Bowl ring on is the middle oh. one. That's what he's doing to Zach Taylor. If he does that right now. So I get and, it. There's nothing and, that's going to happen, but and, it's and, fucking wrong. And Jimmy, I love you like a brother, but I, there's, he should never be, be, be uh, uh, suspended for that in a practice. If this is a game setting where the NFL has jurisdiction and all that, then yes. But in a practice where you have the two Super Bowl teams who that hated was the big, That was the first mistake. That was the first mistake you had. The first mistake you had was put the two teams that played against the Super Bowl against one another in a joint practice. You know, Especially with the, the way that game ended. No-no. Yeah, And the you fact know, that Aaron Donald was the one that took the Super Bowl ring off of all the Bengals' fingers. You don't think that when he sacked Burrow went like this, pissed off everybody? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and the fight and, was started by Lyle Collins, a guy that wasn't even on the team. Exactly. And you don't think he wants to earn the respect of everybody? A guy yeah. who's brand new to the team. This was what only going to go one way. Man. Yeah, what, what, this was this was only going to end one way. And I I said this uh, on the the Fat Boy Fadeaway Show. I said that I was actually happy that Lyle Collins yeah. was the guy that started it. I had no issue other than the fact that I think Aaron Donald would actually kill somebody if he made contact yeah, with one of those helmets. And I can't have him killing my guys out out here. Um, I love the attitude that it, it showed that they have. That's, and, that is what these scrimmages are for. We did it. Think about the, all yeah. they're fucking meant to be. There's no Even at, the, at every level, every single level, when you have a scrimmage against another team, most of the time, if you're two very competitive, highly competitive teams, it's going to end in a fight. If your team fight is Shaffle. good and halfway fucking decent at any sport, or not like any sport, because basketball, different, baseball, different, obviously football. Talk about football here in general. Fucking peewee football. You don't think we pushed and shoved everybody? We used to, <laughs> you and we I. Scrimmage you, people? And, you and I we used scrimmage to. People. Yeah. We scrimmage the hell of each other. We pushed each other back and forth. Yes. That happens with football. When you have this much testosterone and people with no referees that can suspend you and no one outside of a fucking coach who's this fucking yay high to pull you back, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. McVeigh and fucking uh, uh, Zach Till ain't gonna do shit. Yeah, it's like the. Have you seen that video going around of the gorillas fighting at the zoo and the woman's like, "Where's the zookeeper?" 
gatekeeper. Where yeah, go with their sex. I'm not, I'm not getting involved. That's not my job. <laughs> they ain't gonna They're going to work shit. that out amongst themselves. Yeah. They ain't going to do shit. No one ain't going to do shit. Because when you have my Lyle Collins as big as he is, as big as Aaron Donald is, you don't get in the middle of that. You let the players figure it out. You let and the then, two alphas swing it out, and then the person left standing is the winner. And that's the winner, and then you all go your separate ways, right? That's all that should happen. Yeah, and, I, I almost the guarantee bigger, that they went right to the locker room after that. There's no the way that you're starting ended. practice. The practice yeah. ended. It, it was over, done, see you later, adios. And as much as Coach saying, we don't want fights, we don't want this and that, those are the joint practices are meant for that. Coaches won't say that out, right? Because they're going to find if they do. But, but those joint practices are to see who's, who's a guy and who's not. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a third-string linebacker, like, like uh, uh, um, not Hernando, what's the guy's? Got, or, or the, the, the linebacker for the Lions, that's what make a name for himself on hard knocks. Uh, I haven't I, even I, been watching him. I don't even remember his name. But the guy just hits people, just hits people. And, and how do you make yourself a name? You hit people. You start ruckuses. You start, you start things that make you look tough and that you're a bigger man than you are. That's all these are for. And, yeah. and, and it goes to the bigger question. Maybe there shouldn't be joint practices. Maybe there shouldn't be. At this point, the NFL can't, can't just say, no, don't do that. This is on the teams. They wouldn't keep doing it if they, if they knew this was going to happen. It, it makes them better. They know not, that it makes them this better. Is, this is not a new occurrence. Fact no. check or reality check. This is not the first or last time someone's taking a helmet off a guy and swinging at somebody at a practice. <laughs> it's not well, the first. Well, the, it's the helmet first time thing, it may be on the helmet film. thing. Yeah, it's the first yes. time that someone filmed it. It's the first time someone reported on it. It's you not the first that, time it's ever happened at a practice. You remember when the Texans had hard knocks and they were having the joint practice? I think it was against the Redskins, and I think D'Angelo Hall was talking shit to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, and, yeah. And he's like, "Okay, let's go on this next rep. Let's see." And I think he blew D'Angelo Hall's ACL on that rep. Yeah, this thing happens all the time. All now, when it's, the time. When it's two alphas, like Lyle Collins is now the alpha of the Bengals' offensive line, even though he just got there. And Aaron Donald is very clearly the alpha of the Rams' team in general. And He's not even the, and most of the NFL, honestly. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> Mister, you call him Mister Donald when he grabs you by by the throat. That's that's the kind of level of respect that that, that guy carries. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I, I love. I had no so issue with I'm it. Glad you're I obviously, yeah, I was, I was obviously a little tongue in cheek, <laughs> a little tongue in cheek to start off. No one got hurt. If someone gets hurt, then it's yeah. different. But no one got hurt. Everyone's fine. Everyone back to their respective sides. I Someone's do think that Aaron Donald would be the guy that would like dive at somebody's knee. So the 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 um, Thaddeus Moss yeah. incident on Kayvon Thibodeau that was a big hot button topic, and people were like, "Oh, ban the ban the cut block." No, let's not ban the cut block. Let's teach Kayvon Thibodeau that when you're getting cut, you don't do this and pull your elbows to your side because then you're not protecting your knee. You should put your hands on top of the guy that's yeah, going for you. We're not going to be a dead horse, but like I said, what we said last week or two weeks ago with that situation, in practice especially, that should not happen. Practices, you can square up on people. It's important to get a little bit of grit. It doesn't matter what the coaches say. If you're if you're looking to make a job in the NFL and you listen to our show, first of all, what's up? Come on the show. Secondly, go square up on somebody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> go 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 show you show show that you got some dog in you. When you got some dog in you, people like Dan Campbell will look at you and be like, oh, that guy's got some dog in him. I want him on my team. I don't care if he's a special teamer. That's how yeah. people in special teams make their life. How do you think Terrell Davis got a job in the NFL? It wasn't because he's a running back. 
The guy who was on, was on the team, made the team for the Denver Broncos because he was a special team guy. And then he's a kickoff, the yeah. Yes, because he was a kick return guy. And then made no, it was a, it was kickoff. Oh, kickoff. He had that yeah, one whatever. hit when they played the exhibition game in Japan. The the old story goes, he had a hot dog on the sideline because he was the sixth string running back. Didn't think he was going to get any reps, and they needed a gunner to run down on kickoff, and I they called his that. name, and he blew. He had to he went blew the guy up, and then they're like, oh. We'll give this guy some carries. And he goes, what? I'm playing? And he had to go toss his cookies on the sideline before he got in the huddle. And short story short, he's a Hall of Famer. That's how yeah. you make yourself a name. It's not pretty, but that's how it is. So if you're doing that, you have to, it's part of the game. And, and for all you people that will crane, eh, suspend Donald, suspend Donald. This is this not my football. Go and just do yourself a favor and watch live golf. For fuck's sake, this is football. We 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 have a little toughness over here, okay? Look, I would if this was my team, I wouldn't be very happy either. But at the same time, I get it's football. I'm not a little. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say the word, but I'm not a little. You know what? And and and, and I and I get that it's part of the game. Yeah, would I love? I'm, would I love to have a, a Dexter Lawrence stare Russell Wilson down in the face and almost hit him? And and, 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 and and no, I wouldn't. I don't want Russell Wilson touched. I don't want that man anywhere near anybody outside of Sierra and his children. Okay, so but it's it, that's football for you. Okay, let's ride. Let's ride, baby. Let's ride. No, I um, I think that if if you truly want Thaddeus Moss and Kayvon Thibodeau on that play and. This is different than the Trevor Penning situation that we were talking about, where he's just fighting to fight. This actually had a little bit to little bit to go with what was going on. Um, they should have been cut based on the terrible technique and the way that neither of them knew how to. Thaddeus Moss, that was the worst cut block I would think I've ever seen in my entire life, where he rolled for two yards. It was a long roll. That wasn't a cut block. And if Thibodeau is the athlete that people say he is, he should have been able to one step over him or two to stop him. Um, yeah last last bit of nfl news because it does involve an afc west team um dana white almost brokered a deal for tom brady and gronk to be las vegas raiders and john gruden in his infinite wisdom said i love john gruden now actually no i don't let's can't Can't say that that. can't say that cancel but thank you john gruden for fuck's sake if i would have had to deal with tom brady and and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for fucking three four and Rob years. Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. Oh, my and Darren, Darren Waller. Waller. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, thank you. Look, I, I love the UFC and I freaking adore Dana White because I think he's an excellent businessman. But my god, if he would have went to the Raiders, I love that it was the team that, that, that they were the team that said no. Because uh, look, look, you're gonna everyone, pass, you're gonna choose that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but because let's, let's be honest, we all thought that was uh, what were the teams? We all thought that was the. Dolphins. I thought it was San Francisco. Without was San Francisco, without was the Dolphins, without San Francisco, and there was another team that we were like we thought it was that guy, but no one thought it was the Raiders. <laughs> I don't no. even know the Raiders in the conversation, <laughs> but the fact that it was the Raiders, holy, makes me so happy. They Those chose Derek Carr. So dumb. Tom Brady they just ch- won the number one player in the NFL top 100 at 46 Which also, years also old. Probably shouldn't have been. Right, but whatever it doesn't. Those mm, yeah. It's just because he is forty six and he played as well as he did. Yeah. So, based on his reputation, he got. They also did that right as he one. retired. Let's not forget <laughs> they, they did those rankings right when he retired. So, quote retired. He's got a lot of shit going on. He's forty six. Okay, there's a lot of shit that happens in your life when you're forty six. 
his but words, yeah, not no, mine. It's, I, it makes me so happy that the Raiders of the year. It's, it really does. I, uh, uh, we I do. thought it could have been the Broncos. It probably could have been the Colts, too. That was the two teams I thought it could have been, too, because the Broncos probably were in the sweepstakes, but probably never were. The Colts were another team that were Andrew Luck just retired, so who knows what they were doing. And they stuck with Philip Rivers. It was a whole thing. And the, to know that it was the Raiders <laughs> and the Raiders still, that they look, if that was the Raiders winning the Super Bowl, in the last two, two of the last three years, I had to see a Chiefs Super Bowl and a Raiders Super Bowl. I don't know if I would have been able to put up with myself. Okay, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't know if I could have handled myself. Just, that would yeah. have been too much. Chiefs, Chiefs fans already are enough. <laughs> yeah. I would have to do with the Raiders and the Chiefs and back-to-back years winning the Super Bowl. I may have cried. I, oh, I, yeah. I may have said, let's trade for – let's try." I, I don't know. I would, I would have said, let's trade the farm for Aaron Rodgers and, and his ayahuasca and his per- Percocet in the middle of the game. Give me whatever you want. That douchebag, I that douchebag just becomes more and more unlikable every single day. Uh, look, I, there was a point where I adored him, and I still don't mind him. But my word, I, I, I don't him. like I don't like I people don't that <laughs> that try and make themselves the smartest people in the room and do dumb shit while they do it. Look, that's he's an incredible quarterback, but my word, that's a, a lot of headaches. Off he's field. just a jackass. It's. I I used to think, why doesn't he have a family? And it makes total sense now. Well, it makes sense at all. I would, I would never, ever in a million years sign up to. Sp- if I was a woman, I would stay way the hell away because you're well, gonna man, be doing some Patrick freaky. Did, that's what uh, what's her face from Baltimore Stars did. You're gonna I mean, be doing some freaky, uh, freaky stuff, and he's you. If you do commit yourself to him, that's that's what it's gonna. You're gonna be shoving. You're gonna be doing ghee butter cleanses. That's true. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that guy anymore. I just, I don't know. At least not my quarterback. It's like we're living, we're watching NFL blitz. Aaron Donald is hitting people over the head in helmets. And and Aaron Rodgers is injecting whatever he can find from the Eastern Hemisphere. It's a gift that keeps on giving of the NFL. That when you think it's dying, something happens. <laughs> you, we just need you, the games to start, so I have to stop listening to Aaron Rodgers go on his his tr- play. Did you hear when he said that he's played games from the past while on psychedelics? I know Percocets. That's what he said. Percocets and and which I don't doubt many players have done. But I, I but I've seen inter- post game interviews where I'm like, yeah, he's on something. <laughs> it's 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 that wild. one where he he left in the second quarter with the knee injury and then came back in his post game interview and his eyes are all red. And he's He's like, what did I do? Interesting. Was I playing football? Interesting. Oh, right yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And there was fucking weed on the sideline of the Browns game, too. My word. You saw did, was Josh Gordon there? No, 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 no. There's a picture. If you look at the Browns sideline, so, so it looked like it was weed. I, it was a bag of weed. Someone on the sideline had a bag of something. It looked green, and it looked like weed, and I was like, God, Cleveland has a franchise. A poor city. They need LeBron more than anything. Did you see the the dad and son? Um, oh, on the, with the with the, the stupid ass signs. F them hoes. Free Deshaun Watson. Oh my God, that's oh. just epitomized them. They don't. They didn't deserve LeBron. That definitely looks like a bag of weed. Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's wild. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a real franchise. That's a real franchise. I was, <laughs> but then here's also the people that think Cleveland Browns player had weed on the sideline is the reason the government won't tell us about aliens. 
<laughs> That's a good wrong. one. <laughs> I did when you put it that way, that actually makes quite a bit of sense. Um, well, really does. <laughs> before we uh before we move on, we're not picking, we'll make our picks next week. Next week will be the first week of the 2022-23 NFL pick'em, and I'm gonna make it easier on myself. Instead of all the games, we'll talk about all the games on the slate. We're only gonna pick six. So I only have to keep track of six games per week instead of 16 no, so for the that. two of us. Um so hopefully I'll be able to keep better That's track of the numbers. Yeah, and the Twitter polls will be easier to manage. You don't have to vote in a million, million and a half of them. You guys will vote on the same games. If you want to be involved at FEOTB Pod on all of our social medias, you vote on Twitter, and uh, we'll keep a running tally. Nico dominated I, last year. Uh, I, I've done it for two years in a row, Jamal. Not dominated that that hard for two years in a row. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm just that good. But hey, before we move off of football. You know, uh, there was some news. Who the Broncos' week one opponent will be? It's not. It's not Drew Locke. It's Geno Smith. It's Geno Smith. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Seahawks. Say that one of the interceptions was not Drew Locke's fault. For all one of the interceptions, I had to do a little bit of a jab. <laughs> I don't care for all you. That Seahawks. wasn't a jab, Nico. You tossed the mitts and hit them in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> all you people watch the low blows. Watch the rabbit punches. And Nico's down here like what? Off oh, Seattle, I already hit you. Off Seattle's ready to put put on. I put it on for my city. Hey, he ain't putting on for no city. He's putting on the headset. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's. I I look. I, I said it a few weeks ago. I was Drew Lock nothing but the best. But my word is it funny? Because all because look, Seahawks fans. News flash: Russell Wilson was no problem. <laughs> it was what? your it was your seventy six year old head coach. Yeah, you picked the coach. Let me not forget. Ever forget you that. You, you can say Russell Wilson was washed, Russell Wilson this, Russell Wilson that. Russell Wilson gave you the best highlight of your fucking life if you're, if you're younger than – if you're older than eight years old. No, that's the like, only like, highlight. That is their the only, only highlight, highlight of your life. You they don't, have you don't not won have, another Super Bowl. You lost a team – you lost a basketball team. You, you, the, only, the only franchise that is worth noting in your city is the Seattle Sounders, who's the MLS team, or the, the Seattle Storm, the Sioux Bird. But besides that, Russell Wilson is the only thing that's brought your city anything. And then you bash him on the way out. What I like to say, Jimmy, ball don't lie. You get to watch Geno Smith face your former quarterback. If you don't think he's gonna rip you up, you're got another thing coming. It's also Oh, it's just, we'll we'll have to talk about that because I think that game funny. is gonna be one of the ugliest of, of the weekend. I think that the Broncos will win, funny. but I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be pretty. I think that's gonna be our outro song. I'm I'm gonna put put on for my city so we can we'll pour one out for Drew Locke one time. That'll be the outro song for this week. Um but uh, but you got anything else before? So six games for the pick'em. Be sure to join the fantasy league. Uh, become the king of the bench. I'm See so if you can take down Nico and I. I'm so oh, more, come more on. Jimmy and me being like Jimmy. Cut this guy, Jimmy. Trade this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think uh, if you don't think that I was second, I told you I played. I started fantasy hockey. This is my first season in fantasy hockey. I made it all the way to the championship, fantasy and that was with. A lot harder to manage too. Exactly. Yeah. Every day and, do and I was adding and dropping. I picked people up off waivers. I was but then you adding people for remember a week. At, at some point in the season, people forget about the fantasy hockey and half the leagues drop out. So fantasy football a little bit different. Either way, I'm I, I am I'm disappointed that you, you have that. I don't know if you're prepared for 16 team league. 
14, 14 teams. I don't know if you're prepared for 14 teams. Like, I've done it. I've done it before. I've just been out of practice for a while. It's like you're drafting some scrubs at the end. Okay. You're drafting. The, yeah. you're it's drafting a snake the, draft too. It's a snake draft. Yeah. You're drafting some of the, some of the, some of the low lifes. Um, you're drafting the likes of, uh, oh, who's a good name. Don't you want the football nerd that, in, in his first two years of college, could tell you every single Super Bowl champion from 1980 to current day to be drafting your team at that point, true, though? True, true. See? You know I'm, I'm putting my faith in your hands. I really am. I do I'm nothing else other than watch old football videos and study the tape and all of that kind of stuff. I, I have football on all day. I don't know. I didn't expect you to have this little confidence in me going into the draft. All I'm going to say right now is, is – um, because we'll probably have to record next week on Tuesday. I'm, I'm going to deep dive into what you drafted us. Okay. I'm going to be like, Jimmy, what did you do here? Jimmy, that was a great <laughs> thing. Jimmy this, and I'm going to give you a whole breakdown. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you have to look forward to. Follow us at FEOTV Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on our own podcast feed, check out the Variety Sports Network. You can follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. Um, go to the merch store, Bonfire dot com backslash variety dash sports dash network that's where you can pick up the 2022 season shirts return to the jungle for the Bengals and ride or die for uh the uh broncos and let's make sure yeah let's make sure that you guys go get those shirts and we're wrapping things up here with uh start bench cut and since we've been talking about fantasy football i'm gonna i'll I'll let the guru or the the guy that's been playing fantasy football consistently for the last 10 years yeah yeah um, he's going to give us his start bench cut of fantasy moves. So what's the worst move to do for people that are, are trying to set their lineups or, or their rosters for their draft? Um, what is the move that everybody has to do? So what is that mediocre move that you don't want to, but you kind of have to do? And then what's your sneaky move that you do? So start bench cut your fantasy moves. Uh, uh, right away, you're cutting. You're cutting drafting a, a receiver in the first round. Look, I get the Cooper Cups and I get the Justin Jefferson's are great, but you, you Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, whatever. You, those three guys, unless you, all three of those guys are gone, unless all look, unless the the big five is all caught: Jonathan Taylor, Chris McCaffrey, um, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and there's one more missing. Dalvin Cook are all gone. Then you take one of them, and you're at the pick eight, pick nine, pick ten. Then you take them. But you're going to be scrapping for a running back. You just got to get a second running back right away because the depth of running backs drops so heavily. So you are cutting, drafting a, a, a receiver early because that, 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 because like I said, receiver class is so deep. You can get a guy like Court Sutton who, who has a brand new quarterback who can do really well in a new system. Russell Wilson has, has never, had a, never had a season where he hasn't had a top 10 receiver in yards. Thing to know. Matt Ryan, another guy, Michael Pittman Jr., a guy that had a breakout season last year with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, another guy that hasn't had a top 15 uh, receiver in his or every single year of fantasy football that he's been in the league, whether it be Julio Jones, whether it be Roddy White, whether it be Calvin Ridley, you name it. He's always had one of those guys. So Michael Pittman Jr. is cool some guys that you can get in later rounds so who can be good, great wide receiver ones. So I'm cutting, cutting the hell out of that. When you're I drafting, know. do you consider Debo Samuel a wide receiver? Do you consider him no, a flex? No, you, 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 because he, he's, he's a guy that, that I would take over most of these guys. He is the next echelon. If you can't get Cooper Cup, you can't get Jamar Chase, you can't get Justin Jefferson, the next guy is Debo Samuel. It's okay. not even a question. That's the, that's the fourth guy in line there. I, there is another, Devontae Adams, maybe, but Tyree because Kill. of, 
Tyreek Hill, maybe, but, but new system worries me. Debo Samuel, I know what he's going to do in San Francisco. I know they're getting touches. So I, I, I'm more high on him than I would be those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to start my best move of the year. My start is I'm going to be taking a tight end in the third or fourth round. Probably, probably fourth round. Because after you drop off, I would say five or six, then it gets ugly. Obviously, you have the big dogs. Mark Andrews, number one right now, PPR. Then you have Kelsey, Kittle, um, Waller. And then you have Dalton Schultz and you have Dallas Goddard. So top six. After that, it gets slim pickings. You got to question TJ Hawkinson. That's the tough one there to put at seven. But after that, there's a big, big drop off. Big drop off. So if you're if you're if you're in the ninth or tenth spot or you're in a one two spot, take them in the fourth round, take them in the fifth round because you're if you can snag a Dalton Schultz and snag a Dallas Goddard, you will be living life. You will love every second of it. Not so much if you're dealing with um, Hayden Hurst. Like I know you like Hayden Hurst because he's your guy now, but if I have Hayden Hurst as my tight end one, I'm not happy, and it's not going to end well. So there, like I said, there's a lot of great receiver depth that you can get later on too. So tight end, not too early, but early enough where you snag a top six guy. That's about very, very important. Honestly, but, I think the the, a- NS- the AFC North and the NFC North are where you're going to find the value of late round tight ends because that's where you have the Trey Burtons, the uh, Austin Hoopers. Now I believe he's up with Chicago. And I think Hayden Hurst, Drew Sample, um, the the guys that they have in Cincinnati, especially because Joe Burrow is their quarterback, I think that they'll be able to be successful and have some value towards the end of the rounds. Those are and, those are guys that you play when everybody else has a bye. Exactly, those are guys are good fillers that that'll be great backups to your top six. So you don't want to yeah. get stuck with those. And now I'm benching drafting a quarterback earlier than everyone else. It depends. But what on if situation. Joe Burrow is available, Nico? Why, so the reason why I'm benching it, I don't I don't kill it off, and I'm not saying you gotta do it. If you, if you are sitting perfectly with a good number one running back and a good number one receiver, so if you're at the eighth spot and you land Cooper Cup and you land Najee Harris, then you can look at Josh Allen in the third or fourth round. That's when you think about it. But if you don't land a top, a top position at each one, then you're like, man, I'm really comfortable with those, both those guys. Then you have to wait off on quarterbacks. That's the most important thing. Because like I said, the depth is unbelievable. Right now, the top quarterbacks right now are um, – our fuck words. Probably Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, fancy wise, obviously, this is not whatever. Really I say Matt Stafford just because he has cupped. Stafford is bought out of top ten. Actually, I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. So those two, Jalen Hurts is the next one. Kyler Murray, Murray is first. Reasoning because of the rushing yards you're gonna get. In a, and the ability that they give you helps you so much. Like, like whether you like it or not, Lamar is – I think Lamar is either third or fourth, actually. So it goes, it goes Josh Allen, um, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. I would take Lamar Jackson over the other two, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, not over Mahomes or, 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 um, or Allen. So I it, would it, take – I would keep uh, Murray around until Call of Duty drops, and then I'd put him on the, the waiver wire. I wires. know, Jimmy. I know that joke is never going to die. But, but like I said – It's not even a, a joke. Lot, it's backed by science. There's a lot of depth. Depth. So if you're confident that you that your one and two guys are going to go off – so say you got the number one pick. You got the Jonathan Taylor, and then somehow, some way, Debo Samuel drops you at 20 or 19. Then go get Josh Allen in the third pick or fourth pick. Then you reach because then you're comfortable getting role players after that um, because you, you got three top guys. Because the thing about fantasy football, 
at the end of the year, the team that wins has at minimum two or three top players at their position. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the top running back, whether it be the top receiver, top tight end, top quarterback, whatever it may be. You want to get one of those top guys. So, but but that's where the quarterback class is so interesting because you can wait on Russell Wilson type guy. You can wait on a Joe Burrow. You can wait on a Matthew Stafford. Hell, you can wait on a Trevor Lawrence who may have a breakout year, but that could be a really good backup quarterback. So if you have a number one quarterback that gets injured, he can be your number one guy put right in perfectly. So that's why I'm benching that one. It's not ideal, but like I said, if you can do it, if you have the ability to do it, I'm not saying do it, but I'm not saying look away. That's why it's a bench. That's why the strategical mastermind of Nico, the guru, the fear picks, legendary uh, uh, um, master of uh, betting, of uh, being a degenerate gambler, knows what he's talking about. Yeah. No, if you, I think if you're going to talk fantasy football, Nico's definitely one to listen to, or the, the gambling of the money, if you're going to make weird side bets with your buddies. Cause I, I may do start have throwing that. some picks out but like Jeremy did. I may start throwing some early picks out if I wake up early enough. That's a key word. Um, and they start throwing some early picks out for you guys and see where I'm at and see what you guys think. Cause like I said, a lot of people love that just old picks out there. So I may throw some early ones out there. I'm not great at college football. I may throw some Bundesliga ones at you because I'm a Bundesliga legend uh, um, at, at betting soccer. So I may throw those like lines at you. That sounds like there should be a punchline in there somewhere. I'm a Bundesliga legend. I, I, there's not. There's really you got, not. Like, you went so German when you said that. I Bundesliga. 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 Deutschland uh, uh, alles. <laughs> If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So I need the World Cup to bet on Jimmy. I hate that I have I, I am been deprived of that. Nico, why are you showing up in jack boots? No word. Don't ask questions. Was ist nicht gut? <laughs> oh man. Uh, be sure to, to join the fantasy league. We have um, 14 teams available, and right now we have us. We our team is the bench mob. And uh, then we have one, two, three, four, five others signed up so far. And that's just on the same day that we created the league. So be getting on it now. Don't assume that a spot is going to be available for you. Uh, once we have the 14 teams pick, the snake draft will be next Monday. So you do have some time to do your research. If you haven't been doing hey, your hey, research. Maybe maybe we do something interesting and have have something picked. Or, or maybe we'll have Boomer pick the, the draft order uh, if, if you're free. if if boomer wants some treats (laughs) could be we could try it we're trying to do something like that right now it's just set up as a snake some sort of a snake draft um this is going to be a whole bunch of fun to talk about throughout the rest of the season so the king of the bench fantasy league be sure to join it it's in our it's pinned to our profile at feotv pod it's in our instagram um bio and uh we've also been sending it i don't know if you sent it out to Specific people, I sent it out to a, a whole bunch of people in my phone just seeing. They're not already in too many leagues. If you can handle one more, um, we'll probably make a belt or something because this will be a season-long competition. Season long thing, yeah. You deserve a belt if you are the champion. So at some point, we'll collect that. And uh, right now, it looks like we only have one other Variety Sports Network member. So Darren from Fat Boy Fadeaway has also signed up, and he'll be he's not in the same side of the league as us. Um, he's in the the other other side of the con- other conference. Yeah. Like I said uh, fantasy football. It's the best time of the year, and we only, we have a week and a half left till the season starts. I know it's weird saying that, but we're almost there, guys. We almost made it. We're, we still we have time. Made it. Yeah. We're, almost we're made so it. close. So so close. College football is going to be a blast to watch on Saturday. Be sure to be following at FEOTB Pod if you want to see uh, locks uh, lock picks like Nico was talking about. Uh, also be able to keep ways, up. Yeah. 
yeah, also be able to keep up with everything going on with the show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we will be back every single week now talking about we'll, we'll be talking about all of the NFL games that take place. We'll be picking six of them for our FEOTB pod NFL pick them. Uh, be sure to follow the Variety Sports Network. If you're listening to us on the Variety Sports Network, follow our podcast feed wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, we are going to continue rocking and rolling next week. We will be figure out how to get an episode out to you all. We obviously can't miss the first week of the NFL season. I might be dead tired on Wednesday because I'm going to have to be recording after my night classes that are downtown, but Hey, it's all for you guys. I I have some grit because I know the bench warmers need the content and I'm glad to bring it to you. Hopefully you enjoyed. I'm very, very lucky for Jimmy dealing with my traveling schedule where I'm literally gone every other weekend (laughs) and and I'll be in California again next weekend. So yeah, at least you're uh, moving backward in time and not forward. In about time. forward in time, right? It makes life a little yeah. bit easier. A little bit easier. I've been trying to explain time zones to my class for the last week and a half, and it's and we it's still difficult. don't get it. <laughs> it's difficult. Uh, so be sure keep following along. Uh, this has been episode 106 of the Front of the Bench podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening. Be sure to leave a five star rating and review. Tell a friend to check us out. Get your shirt bonfire.com/slash variety-sports-network. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you all next Wednesday. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, and Nico Bryant, this has been the Far End of the Bench podcast. See ya. Peace.
Oh, oh, for my city. Put on. 